Being prepared is all about having the right tools. The OnX off-road map and navigation app is the best fully functional GPS when you're out of service. Offline maps allow you to access all interactive land and trail data and custom map markups when you're out of service. Your phone's internal GPS gives you full navigation capabilities offline, so you'll always know where you are and how to get home safely. Go to onxmaps.com and use code MEATEATER to get 20% off your membership today. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without your essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on then having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by OnX Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Download the Hunt app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. Know where you stand with OnX. Uh, Yanni likes to say, okay, we're on. Okay, we're on. Well, he certainly, he, <laughs> he certainly didn't um, use that earlier, did he? I want to recap something because we were having a little pre, a pre-chat. Uh Who's been like who here's been to jail? Not me. I can't tell you. Well, I, no, I can't no, tell you've been me. to jail a bunch. <laughs> and you're now trying to backpedal? No, no, I've not. I've not I've been to a jail, but I've not. Like on a school tour? Just to just to check it out, just to see what I thought of it and whether or not I wanted to get involved and it it set me straight. You, I didn't want to go back. You didn't want to rule it you didn't want to rule it out without having taken a look. I just thought like in jail there's just so many things I wouldn't be able to do. That I'd like to go do, so I thought, oh, I should probably. I, it, I didn't stop breaking the law. I just got smarter. You got, about yeah, it. you were like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Yeah, I knew who to give money to and stuff like that. If I got pulled over, that, Mike, that kind of thing. We just did a school tour. I've, I, oh, they, they, they would not have allowed me to be anywhere near a school. Well, Juan, do you have children? Oh yeah. How yeah. many kids you got? I got two, two daughters. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to uh, Travis Schwartz, who goes by Hank Patterson. Do you know what? I, I want to get back to jail. And yeah. I want to get back to my, yeah. my kid's school tour. But I was driving a couple weeks ago from Ketchum, Idaho to here. I, I did that yesterday. Well, along the way, I saw a damn sign on a store that said something like, Welcome, Hank Patterson, or something like, Hank Patterson coming. 
Yeah, <laughs> and I, a big and deal. It, and I uh, try to then find a landmark to be able to tell you this story better. Yeah. No, I know, I know. It's not my name's not on so many marquees in the in the Ketchum area that I don't know what we're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, Peekaboo Angler in Peekaboo, Idaho. That's where I saw it. Yeah, I saw it, took note, and then wanted to tell you the story. And I was like, you know, I'm going to grab a better landmark. Yeah, and then and then whatever got distracted by the beauty of the landscape or something. Oh yeah. And so now here I am with a story that's like not as good as it could be. You were not for those listening. You were not far. From uh, Craters of the Moon National Monument. We were not far from that. You're yeah, correct. that was like, so you saw my name in lights under like unleaded gasoline, $3.19. Yeah. And then the next thing you saw was Welcome to Craters of the Moon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm, I'm big in that town. I never drive around and then see um, a thing welcoming me on a sign. Yeah. <laughs> Just randomly. Uh, Somebody in that area is probably now going to like, text or like email me that I'm not that big a deal in that. Yeah. Or they're going to go, they're going to go vandalize vandalize the signs. He's not that big a deal. What were you going there for? What were they welcoming? Well, so opening weekend fishing in Idaho. So a lot of the streams and rivers in Idaho close for the spawn. And so it opens uh, the weekend of Memorial day. And so we put on a big um, opening day celebration at Peekaboo Angler, which is on Silver Creek, which is my absolute favorite place on the planet to fish. And so it actually, (laughs) it's a town of like 30 people. And it is my favorite event of the year, just based on the fact that nostalgically speaking, I couldn't be more honored to be invited to speak and be a part of an event uh, anywhere near Silver Creek. So... Yeah, hold that thought. I got that brings up a couple of things I want to ask about. That, that, which but is I want to talk about this. One of the this, reasons I don't want to go into jail. jail. I want to talk. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about going to the jailhouse because I just chaperoned my oldest boy's school field trip. The field trip, we went to three places. We went to the old jailhouse and saw the gallows, which are still sitting there, and we got to talk about the guy, the only guy they ever hung from that gallows, which my kid. That's a waste of a good gallows. Made a very big impression on him. He likes to bring that up often now. Uh, We then rolled over to the graveyard and toured the graveyard, (laughs) and we went to the county recorder's office where you record uh, property exchanges. Was there, I have to ask. I got a lot more out of this field trip than he did. Was there a through (laughs) line? Meaning, did you see, did they talk about the guy that got hung? No, that would have been great. And then went to his tomb? And then went to, yeah. No, we went to other people's graves. Oh, that's too bad. But the best thing I learned, I don't know how I didn't know this. I didn't know that there there are fishy circumstances around John Bozeman's death. Oh. You guys, you guys basically familiar with this dude? Yeah. Like Bozeman Pass. Yeah, the Bozeman Trail. Bo- made the Bozeman Trail, which yep. like cut off the Oregon Trail and brought people up to the gold fields. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they were dicking around on the Yellowstone in the 1860s. Who's the, who's the they in this story? Like him and a couple of his buddies. Okay. Yeah, a couple of ne'er-do-wells. Yeah. And, and well, John Bozeman. Local figures. They're dicking around on the Yellowstone. Right. And they come back and like, oh, John's dead. He got shot by the Blackfeet. We we buried him mm-hmm. in a hole. <laughs> Later, Mm-mm. a guy Mm-mm. on his deathbed. Oh, fishing was pretty good. Oh yeah, John. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, John. Buried him. Oh yeah, little, John. Little incident with John though. He got killed, and we buried him. Well, a guy on his deathbed, a buddy of his on his deathbed, 
I don't know if deathbed confessions are real, but supposedly the guy has a deathbed confession that that he got it was uh it was fratricide that over some cattle dispute they shot him and then the guy that the deathbed confession gets made to sends some of his cowboys over there and they dig his body up and they got his knife his, his knife's in the old jailhouse on display and uh and they dug him up and buried him over on the hill here at the graveyard in town hmm. huh think about that i didn't know about that part of the story no Mm-mm. Hmm. His tomb in the graveyard up there says "killed by Blackfeet." <laughs> they haven't. They haven't. Blame I'm going to put a parenthetical. Someone needs to go in there at night and chisel in a parenthetical. <laughs> yeah. yeah, or like an ass <laughs> or an asterisk. <laughs> Not according to Doug. <laughs> the Blackfeet were scapegoats for a lot of stuff back then. Yeah, like who did That's it? True. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Blackfeet did it. Blackfeet. So we like, buried him. They look like Blackfeet. <laughs> Everyone probably bought it right away. Was that a thing back then? You just bury a guy right where he like you didn't. Wouldn't you have dragged him back to drag into him town? Back. They would have had to drag him back over the pass that now bears his name. Maybe that felt... Yeah. Maybe <laughs> it seems that like felt, a lot of effort, really. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Just bury him. It doesn't matter. So, uh, can you start out, Travis? Yeah. Oh, introduce yourself, Miles. Oh, yeah. Uh, Miles Nolte, director of fishing here at Meat Eater. You've been on before. I have been on once or twice. Yanis. Um, Thank you. Okay, great. Good stuff. Yeah. Nice lot. Yeah. Really nice. Really nice. Stuff. <laughs> really nice. And, and I've been asking for a title for a year now, and everybody's like, well, oh, with, you know, titles don't really What can I tell you about? Boss of all knowledge? I was going to say chief TKO. knowledge officer. Chief knowledge chief officer. Officer. Chief knowledge officer. Okay, you're the CKO. Sam? Sam Lundgren, fishing editor. I also work in this lovely office place. And then, uh, Tra- can you, yeah. Tra- Travis, can you explain where tr- you end and Hank Patterson begins and what is Hank Patterson? Who is Hank Patterson? <laughs> <laughs> it takes us back to that Mitch Hedward joke, doesn't uh-huh. it? Like, is Hank Patterson's my, al- is an alter ego, I guess you would call it. So I, I, uh, I used to want to make fishing films, fly fishing films. Seriously, I used to want to. No, 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 no. Well, yeah, no, I did. That's true. So Hank started because... I was I was doing a documentary on taking guys with cancer fishing, and I needed to a real raise. One. Yeah, yeah, I needed okay. to raise some. That'd money. be hard to parody. Yeah, no, that would have been. It would not have. It would not have been funny at all. That would have ended Hank Patterson really, really early. This is hilarious. <laughs> so we were making this documentary, and and so uh, tell me about uh, the documentary though. For so real. Uh, for real recovery organization, we take men with with cancer fly fishing. My buddy Reese was going on. You're involved on. in that still today? Yeah, yeah. So I'm on their, their national board of directors, which should tell you that they need better directors, like board people. Yeah. I'm not doing a good job. People are going to write in. I did a decent job on the film, but but I'm a terrible board member. I don't do, you know, anything. I, I Anyway, so, uh, we, you know, so my, my buddy Reese, he had cancer, and he was going to go on this retreat, and, and we needed to raise some money to make this documentary. And uh, the Drake magazine was doing a contest uh, fly fishing film contest uh and humor was the category uh-huh. and so my buddy reese calls me up he said hey they're, they're doing a funny thing you're funny i'm i'm funny i'm this is what i do for a i'm dude very, i'm laughing I'm, my I'm, ass yeah, off yeah no right i'm i'm, I'm, I'm yeah. funny and so i said oh okay so what what you know have you ever seen a funny fly fishing film and he said no and i said okay <laughs> so the bar is where we need it uh, because i'm not that talented it begins and, with yeah, the river yeah so uh i i sat up one night and i wrote the first hank patterson episode and then uh and then we went out the next day and we shot it 
and then I edited it that night and overnighted it and and won. So, how'd you? Why Hank Patterson? Well, uh, I had no ideas, and so I had done another character on a on a film that I was in. Years no, why ago. that name? Oh, so Hank was my dad's dog's name. And then Patterson, I just went on Facebook and I just started scrolling through names and my buddy Michael Patterson <laughs> came up. And so it was all very last minute, you know, I mean, but from, from the phone call of, hey, we should make a funny fly fishing film to sending the finished product out was like 27 hours. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and so, and, and it, it's probably the best episode. I should probably, Which one it's is like it? a South Park thing, right? So I should probably do them all in a truncated amount of time instead of overthinking it. It's, uh, I think it's just called episode one. I don't, we didn't have really elaborate titles back then, you, just, you know, because we didn't figure we would ever make another one, but then people sent me some free waiters and I thought, well, shit, I need, I need a fly rod so we should make another one. And so people kept sending me free <laughs> stuff and, uh, I can make enough videos. Are you kitted out now? Yeah. And it, oh, I got, I got, uh, yeah, I could open a shop at this point and people are always asking me, well, why do you, you, you should give some of that stuff away or you should, would you sell me your you know, rod box or something like that. No, it's a, there will come a time, and it's probably soon, <laughs> where people are like, don't give this guy any more free stuff. Uh, he's worn out his welcome. So Tell me more I, about I, the real, I, I want to know more it. about the real thing, though. Yeah. The cancer thing. Yeah, so, well, so Reese, my, my friend, so that's who started Hank how many Patterson how many How me. many people do, no, I want the, ba- the backstory, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many people do you guys take? How many people does your organization host, or how many how we many cancer patients do you guys take out? 30, Are these end of life people? Some of them, yeah, yeah, for sure. So thirty two retreats across the country. Uh, I am uh, on the board for the national organization, and then I also am one of the uh, people that runs the Idaho uh, retreat. And so we take each each retreat takes twelve to fifteen guys is about how many you can fit um, in a retreat. It's all free, so the participants don't pay anything at all. So every uh, organization or chapter has has uh, been tasked with raising the money to to take the guys out. And basically, what they do is you come in on a Friday and and you mix up sort of a group therapy, like these discussions. These guys get to talk about things they've never been able to maybe talk about as far as their cancer experience. And uh, so we'll sit in these group settings and have these uh, we call them courageous conversations. And uh, we'll do that, and then we'll take them fishing, and then we'll come back and have another conversation. And so it's sort of a mix-up of, of that and, and dinner and just hanging out and being around other guys that are going through uh, a very similar experience. It's, um, you know, I'll admit that every year it comes up, I, I've got a busy schedule, and I'm like, oh, man, it's, it's the absolute uh, best weekend of, of my year every single time, partially because every single time I think, oh, man. I don't know if I can go this year. I'm so busy. And then you go up there and, you know, it's, it's an opportunity to sort of see what, uh, what some other people are going through that might be a little more difficult than anything that you're experiencing. Uh, but I think everybody uses it. The buddies who are the guys that take these guys fishing, uh, sort of the guides. Um, I think everybody has a pretty emotional experience and, uh, it's, it's a cool thing. Uh, so you've gone with people who then, You've met many people yeah. who've then now passed away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's like uh, it's yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we've we've had guys that you get close to, and and you know, you know, it's like you know what stage you know of cancer they're in, and what the mm-hmm. likelihood is. We certainly don't talk about that. I mean, we try to keep a very positive uh, um, 
the conversations and, and the outlook for everybody is as positive as you can. Um, and when we're fishing, we don't usually much talk about cancer. It's that experience. They all come back every, every single, without fail, every single time they come back from that first fishing outing. And we sit in that group conversation. Somebody will say the words, I didn't think about my cancer one time. Got you. While I was while I was fishing, but it's tough. I mean, that that you lose guys, but um, but it's it's an honor to give them an experience where they get to uh, not have cancer for a few hours on the water. Um, Reese, who started Hank Patterson with me, uh, passed away a little over three years ago. So he uh, had melanoma. Uh, you know, wear sunscreen. Um, had melanoma that uh, just got into his system, and, and ultimately he passed away from brain cancer. So one of my best friends, and so that's how was who, he. He was 44 at the time, I suppose. I'd have to, I have to do math and I'm really, yeah. and Reese would be the first to tell you that I'm really shitty. Have you, that. have you found, um, I haven't had like, I haven't had, I've had very limited exposure to people who, uh, had, had an illness where you knew kind of where it was headed, mm-hmm. right? That you knew you had a finite period of time to live. Yeah, I've seen it with old people, but. You're at a, you're in a different space. Have you found that when you're dealing with people in their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, um, and they know that they have some limited amount of time to be alive, are they on average are they like kicking and screaming into it, or do they hit like a point of of resignation, uh, moving toward that date? You know, I you asked me if I had kids. I have two daughters, and they've they're both older, and they've moved out of the house. And people ask me, I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, people ask me all the time. Oh, I was like, intrigued, oh, was, man. I, was thought you, I thought you were like yeah. talking to someone on the phone. People ask me, you know, it, it was that hard when they when they moved out. And I said, it's just this natural, something natural happens. It's time. It's their time to, to move on. And uh, the experience that I've had where I'm close with somebody who's who's going through cancer, um, who passed away, there, there seems to come a time where there is there's nature I think can take over. And I don't know if the word is resignation, but that's maybe the closest thing that, that, you know, that, that I can come up with. Um, but that they do accept it and, and, you know, there's sort of a natural thing. I'm sure that some people, you know, I guess we all would experience it in a different, in a different way. I did an interview with Reese when he was getting uh, pretty sick and, and he said one of the most surprising things about his experience of, of having cancer was just how shocked everyone was. Oh my God. And he, and he said, it's, you know, death and, and, you know, whether it's cancer or getting hit by a bus, whatever, that's the one thing we're all assured of. Yeah. And so he said, you know, the more you think about it, the more you just sort of come to terms with it. And you have, there's a comfort there in the fact that, well, it's just my turn. Everybody has to experience it. And I guess that's sort of the natural sort of thing that I think that's good headspace. Yeah. No doubt. When I picture it, yeah. the thing I pictured, the only thing I picture, if I imagine it, imagining it happening to you is a very gross approximation to it happening to you. When I imagine it happening, I imagine the only thing that I would really care that much about is uh, the anxiousness about not being able to like, not being able to see what was going to happen to your kids. Yeah, and that, that the was the question yeah. mark. The question mark. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? If you can just tell me, if I can just watch a video clip of them in 20 years, yeah, that sort of sets the scene, cool. Yeah. But until you give me that 
capability, I will kick and scream. Yeah, that would be the part that would kill me. He he certainly talked a lot about the fact that his you know he he felt like he was letting his family down, and yeah. to not be there as his kids got older, uh, to have an influence on him, the type of influence that he wanted to have uh, as a dad, um, I, I, that that uh, that hurt him a lot. Um, but again, you just you know he, he set out to create as many memories as he could. Uh, and I think a lot of those guys, you know, that, that we talk to that um, come to the retreats and um, are in that same space, they're just, you know, they're trying to live in the moment. They're trying to create memories. They're trying to be appreciative of the things that they've experienced. And certainly there's a bummer of the things that they haven't yet got to do that they thought they would. And I think we'll all face that. Yeah. I mean, at one point we'll all go, oh, shit, I don't get to go do that thing that I always thought I would get to go do. Um, you ever see the movie My Life Without Me? No. Oh, dude. No, I can't. Guts I can't. you out. Anyways, yeah, it's a gal. She gets, she's terminally ill, and it's about her. She doesn't want to tell her yeah. husband and doesn't want to tell her kids, but she sets about getting their lives squared away. Oh, yeah. Including oh, yeah. finding him a new woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, nope, 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 nope. That'd tear me apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, can't do it. That's a tricky movie. Um, <laughs> on to comedy. Now, <laughs> really teed that one out. The funny yeah, part. Yeah. Good segue. So you're involved in this, and you want to you want to raise some money for it, and that's how you come up with. That's how you start doing parodies, fly fishing parodies. Yeah, we just wanted to win the comedy, you know, award for the Drake Magazine competition, and and we did the the. Uh, what was Tom. the What was the reward? Well, now we say the Tom. Deal. Who's Tom? Tom buys the. Oh, I met uh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's the guy that runs that. And uh, I haven't met him. Uh, we've talked on the phone. You never met him? No. I met him uh, I met him in Colorado one time. He, he was nice on the phone. He's smaller than you expect. He was nice oh, when I met he? him. Yeah. <laughs> he probably <laughs> doesn't remember meeting me when we met. Yeah, he probably doesn't want to meet me. I'm a pretty, you know, I'm a sizable. Mm-hmm. You know Intimidating. I mean? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I'm six foot one, 285. <laughs> um, I don't look at... On video, but I work out, yoga, yogurt, the whole thing. Oh, I'm intimidated um, by you just sitting here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I almost came in a half shirt, and I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, I don't want to ruin a good shirt. Uh, yeah, what what the hell were we talking about? Um, I don't, did you have, I went so, off but you genuinely like to fish, though. I do. I love fishing. So you harbored somewhere in you. Um, yeah. You harbored someone in you disdain for yourself. Yeah, I just I took a, uh, a an incredibly inept but uh, overly confident character and made him a fishing guide, somebody who knew absolutely nothing and had zero patience. Everything that you need to know and do, and the type of character I believe you need to be to be a good fishing guide. You you need to be somebody that wants to teach. You need to be somebody with knowledge. I mean, these are the things that make a good fishing guide. So I took a very angry. Uh, impatient person who really had no clue what the hell he was talking about and made him a fishing guide. I had never fished with a guide in my life when when we made the first series oh, really? of videos really? ever. Were you ever a and guide? No, no. No, I get that asked a lot. I have people email me all the time trying to hire me as a guide. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Like, they, oh, you should the, take them up on it. If oh, you've yeah. seen the videos, I'm like, I know, I should like collect. You'd buy, but you know, that's the thing. Exactly there are restaurants where there are restaurants staffed by aspiring actors who are hostile. Yeah, I've seen this. To the clients. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would want that So people call you and they want to be guided by a parody of an awful guide. Yeah, 
and they want you know they want the whole experience they want me to yell at them they want me to get drunk they want me to fall asleep in a chair they want me to not tie their fly on they want everything is the opposite of what you would want out of a, a guided trip the anti-guide yeah and, and people yet, are like how did you make those videos if you've never even fished with a guide i'm like well it's like you know i don't it doesn't take that much to figure out what a guide must do and then just do a <laughs> shitty job of it. I mean, it's like, what do they do? They tie on flies and they tell you where to cast and they make you a sandwich and all you have to do is be really bad at that. And and I was. <laughs> but as, as someone who has who guided for a lot of years and hung out with a lot of guides, yeah. your approximation, be it over the top, is actually not that far off right. of some of the angry, terrible guides <laughs> who I've worked with and run trips it's with. It's a like, funny because it's true situation. Exactly. Like you kind of, I can see why people ask that question because I personally assumed that you had been connected to guiding culture and had yeah. some experience with it. The guys the would, way would get a hold of me and say that they loved it just because finally somebody got to say and do all the things that they've wanted to say and do for like 20 years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to yeah. behave toward clients the way they yeah. wish they could behave toward and clients. And I thought, you should get a new job. If, <laughs> if this is how you want to treat people, if this is what your job makes you feel like, you should probably like go be a banker or an accountant or something because that's that's terrible. But then, then I've gone the out and well, that skill set. Here's the problem. Yeah, no, they don't. No. The, the problem is, though, that you then go out with guides who have clients with them and you realize it's all the client's fault. It's typically the client's fault. They're to blame. And I'm on the guide side 100%. <laughs> the general public is, they're horrible. They can't, I mean, the general public can't be trusted to be seated and at Applebee's and order confidently, let alone go out on a drift boat having never cast a fly line in their lives and expect them to act like nice or well or anything. So I don't. If you had to rate, uh, do an honest job of this. Yeah. If you had to rate yourself on a sliding scale of one to 10 as an angler, where would you put yourself? Six. You're six. Yeah. That's a good answer because you can't really say much higher than that because you'd look bad. Like well, if you said a nine, I'd be like, come on. Here's, really? Here, well, <laughs> I'll say this. I would maybe rate myself higher if we include sort of everybody that <laughs> fly fishes, right? I mean, because there are a lot All that of, general public. We yeah, lump them, them all in. Yeah. The general right. public, you're just Yeah, I mean, the, I'm talking about the guys that Everyone who bought a license. Everybody that, yeah, well, you have the guys that go out twice a year with a guide and they've got, you know, $10,000 worth of equipment and they're going to drop all the money in the world on this guide and they're going to fly in and they're going to expect to be put on fish and they're going to call themselves a, a fly fisher. And they know absolutely nothing about fly fishing. They learned just enough to where they can kind of cast a little bit. And the guide knows because he wants a good tip of, you know, sort of where the easiest fish to catch are for this guy's inability to cast and get a good drift. And so these guys are, you know, probably at a two. And so if we mix all of them in, I'm a six and a half. I mean, all day long, all day long. Yeah. Yeah. But if we're talking about like really good anglers. We were talking about April Vokey earlier. Like, if, if she's a 10, then I'm pushing it to call myself a 6. Got you. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Steve, I want to know, where would you rate yourself? Yeah. As an angler? As yeah. an angler. As a, but I'm involved in too many kinds of angling. No, no, no. Don't. No, no. Don't you can we generally. 
Well, can we just say fly fishing or, or, or are we just talking about angling? Because if we're talking about angling as a whole, bass, you gear, the whole thing, then I'm definitely a three. As a generalist, <laughs> right. yeah. I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not comfortable rating myself as a generalist angler. Well, you asked him I'll just to do, do the it. one. I'll just do like he did, six. Yeah, six. Because you good. don't look like- you Slightly better than average. Yeah, you don't look cocky. You don't look like you're under, you don't like you're trying to be like false, mo, mo, false, well, I feel like the, the bar is lower for the generalist angler. Oh, the bar is higher for the generalist angler. Yeah, I'm with Steve on this. You got to know the generalist all means kinds like of, all of everything. Yeah. Right. But yeah. so that, so that the general bar that you would have to be better than is probably lower because I don't think there are a oh, gazillion no. guys out there that actually are that great of generalist anglers. A lot of are, focus yeah, on Yeah, there's a species. lot of guys that can just crush it out here on the Yellowstone and you go ask them to go catch a catfish in the nearest reservoir. Wouldn't know where to yeah. start. Well, okay, so they put a worm. I, on I know where to start. A chicken liver. But, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I know exactly what you mean because when I think of a generalist angler, um, like for instance, uh, offshore, right? Yeah. No clue. I have no clue. Uh, I know what you're saying. Like the guy that just can go to the same stretch of river when it's good and just catch a bunch of fish. I'm never interested in that guy. Or that knows how to fish some lake real well for some specific thing. I'm like, that's great. I'm glad for you. Like, I hope you have a good time. But in talking about, like, is that where I would aspire to be as a fisherman? As a fisherman, in my, in my mind, if someone asked me, like, to articulate what is a great fisherman in my mind, it would be someone who can just, no matter where you put them, and there are guys like this, no matter where you put them, they're going to catch fish. Right? They just understand fish. They can figure anything out. You can send them to a state they've never been to a river they've never been to, fish they've never seen before, and at the end of the day, they're catching fish. Some that, in my mind, is a great, like that. that, in my mind, is a great angler. I'm a seven. <laughs> I, I already thought <laughs> I thought about it. I'm sitting here listening, and I'm thinking I could, I could probably catch that catfish offshore, not a problem. I'm a, I'm a seven and a half. Easy. The more, I, the more you talk, the better I get. Can you tie a, a bimini twist? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If we had the bimini materials here right now, I'd do it. You twist I'd do them. it right now. Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you, I, I sense do you, you don't fish. You hadn't fished with guides. I had do you not. Feel that, I have now. But you have a little bit of a, a you feel it's not as, it's, it's not as, like if you're going to make a fish in purity scale. Yeah. Uh, which would be an interesting exercise. Mm. Yeah. You're going to no, make I a fishing purity scale. Yeah, now I'm going to get in trouble here. This is going to Well, Miles get is getting uneasy. No, no, I just, I don't I think that's that's a very subjective area to go, but let, let's let's move on. Let's see where this oh, goes. Yeah, well, it's entirely I didn't subjective. say like if so the, the universe were to come up with one. <laughs> okay, I said yes. if you were to, Fair enough. Yeah. If you, me, Travis. Not you, Miles. Hank, settle down. Hank Travis. Yeah. Sam, have you guided? A little bit. Not like professionally full time, but no, here and there, okay, so under, no, under the table. No, 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 no. The question wasn't so have no. you taught somebody how to fish. <laughs> the question was, have you guided? Did at the end of this, oh, I've gotten I, paid to teach people. How so to fish. you've accepted. Well, okay, okay. Whoa, whoa. Did you get a tip? Yeah, you guided. Okay. No. <laughs> did right. you get drunk while you did it? Yeah. If you're gonna make, depending on which time, if you were gonna make a fish purity scale, right. Uh, I sense that you would have major deductions for guided expeditions. No, 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 no. So, okay, let, let's back up. Which is cool with me. I don't care. No, no. I, I'm just talking about a specific breed of human being that mm -hmm. considers themselves a, a 10 
because they go out twice a year and have somebody show them exactly what that doesn't go and figure it out. Yeah. That can only figure it out if somebody else figures it out for them, holds their hand and does it. People ask me all the time. It's like, how, what's the best way to get into fly fishing? Hire a guide. Don't have your spouse teach you. Don't have your girlfriend teach you. Don't have, hire a guide. Go out, hire a guide, take some class. This is how. Because your girlfriend's going to yell at you. Well, yeah. And and if you're anything like me, it's like if, if my daughters wanted to learn to fly fish, and they don't, uh, but if they did. Oh, your daughters I, don't I would, fish? I would, no. Can you hold that thought for a minute? Yeah. I got to really come back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Hold that thought, Yanni. Yeah, yeah come back. Okay. Yanni's they, writing it down. They do not fish. They have like zero interest. Let's in, talk about in that. This, this, I'm real disappointed in your girls. Yeah, no, I, I and, and I, I am and too. I, know, I, know you I don't tell love them. them every single day, and and that's it. Goes back to me talking about, <laughs> you know, were you disappointed when they moved out? Hell no. <laughs> they they don't fish. They're on their own. I've cut them loose. They're not, you know, getting their college paid for. N- nothing. It's all they're cut off 100 percent until they learn how to fish. When they want to learn how to fish, they're going to need to hire a guide. <laughs> it's the same thing as... Maybe that's you, who keeps the email in Hank Well, Patterson. people are like, well, why wouldn't you teach them how to fish? I'm like, I didn't teach them how to drive <laughs> because I don't want a situation where I want to punch one of my daughters. That's why I don't want to teach them how to fish. That You shouldn't teach your children how to fish. Have somebody else teach them. Have them get them to a certain point where you can actually go out and have a good time. Driving is the same sort of thing. So I, I never I never taught them. If if people want to learn how to fly fish, hire a guide. And if you're going to go to new water, I, you could not spend better money than to hire a guide. If you're going to go fish the Blackfoot. This is legit. You're getting this, this is, right this now. Is I'm legit. Not, I'm, not, I'm not declaring it legit. Right. You're giving like advice right now. Uh, my advice you're is if you're going to go people. fish like some rivers, like say you're going to go and fish the Blackfoot or the Clark Fork or the Yellowstone, whatever, and you're going to be there for five days, you, money well spent on day one, have a guide. Get all the information you can out of that guide. And then if you want to go it alone from there, then go it alone. But do you feel like a real? Uh, do you feel like a real prick the next day? All the time when you're oh. standing there, right? And there he is with today's client, and you're standing there angling away. Well, there's an etiquette no, surrounding no, 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 that. No. Yeah. What? Is, yeah. What is the etiquette there? You oh. shouldn't go to a spot that no, the guy you, told you. That's not true because you paid him. Once there's an exchange of money. Yeah, I mean, I understand. I've heard you made that make that point before. Have you heard too. me? Made, I've never made that point before. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm going yeah. back yeah, to the have. spot. I, I got to hear this because if I, I I'm going back. I'm, right. I, I mean, it 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 depends. We on discussed the, it. Sorry, but yeah. we discussed it over um, outfitting hunters. Oh, yeah. In the same ethical conundrum. Okay. Oh. What did I say that time? Same thing I'm saying now. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's consistency. <laughs> I'm on your side, by the way. For, yeah, for this thing, because I, I, think, like, I think I think I think man to man, it's like if 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 you if you go, mano. yeah, I mean, I, I think that that would be kind of a betrayal of the guide's trust to be in in his hole the next day. I mean, if he if he saw you well, there, he's probably going to be like, okay. oh man, come on, really? Here's the thing, though. I mean, you're gonna hopefully if you hired a guide, you're gonna not fish a hole. You're gonna fish a stretch of water, and you you should certainly go back to that stretch of water with the knowledge that you now paid to have. All right, now, gonna, now, that being said, it's situation dependent. I'm going to throw a wrinkle yeah. into this okay. because there is a significant issue with offshore guides and flats guides mm. with clients who pay them for a day, go out and have a GPS in their pocket hidden, oh. marking waypoints right. on all the spots that they fish so that they can then go and hit those spots subsequently 
with their buddies. And this is, this is not just frowned upon. This is like fighting behavior. People, yeah. people have had boats set alight over this kind of, like, this is some Tom McGuane type, type shit that happens over this. Like 92 and, and the th- And this, this yeah, is what, this is what like, I'm referencing. Hmm. Well, it just, Man, this listen, is a new topic for me. It, it gets, I'm just throwing this out there. I wouldn't do it personally. Mm. I wouldn't like the way it made me feel. Mm-mm. But let's say I was commander of the universe. Okay. I'm commander of the universe. <laughs> I'm listening. And, and I, uh, and, and, and the only punishment I give out is execution. Anything, anyone guilty of any infraction, it's execution. And you come to me and a guide's like, I took him fishing and he paid me a bunch of money. And the next day, uh, he went to the spot. I would have a hard time executing that person. Now, if you said, <laughs> is it, is it a killable offense? No, probably not. Well, that's all. All right. Yeah. I mean, if that's, if that's our bar, like <laughs> off with his head or it, as it, you were, when, when, then yeah, when, yeah. When, as you were. When you're that's taking, how Universe Commander Steve works. When you're taking the client out, I mean, how clear have you been? Have you educated them on the fact that, hey, look, I'm going to take you to some spots that I don't want you to come back to on your own without me? Are you asking me like my own personal history? Yeah, can you say that's what I said? Can a guide say that to a client? If a guide were to say that to me and say, "Hey, look, we're going to go down this," you know, and I would appreciate that you don't come back here. Now, I think if flats and there's there's just different scenarios. What does it matter? Who who cares how deep the water is? Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, because if you sur- if you like float a section, <laughs> this water being <laughs> shallow water, <laughs> off limits. But that deep hole, go ahead. Yeah. But yes. look, if you floated a section of the Yellowstone, yeah, I mean it, it's all fair game at that point because you've floated whatever six to ten miles and you pulled over in a dozen different holes. Like nobody can say anything at that point. But I feel like on a wade trip, when you might have just fished a hole or yeah. two. Okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make this even a little more complicated because the when I float a stretch of water the way I prefer to do it rather than just like doing the boat jockey thing and be like no switch sides no switch sides I like to stop and actually fish holes yeah. with clients so certain clients I have told hey this spot we're coming up to up here you can get there by foot you know if you want to come do this on your own cool I do ask that you don't bring all your buddies I have definitely done that in my guide career before. Why don't you guys, uh, why don't you guys come out with some little sheet of paper? Yeah, it wouldn't be like enforceable, but just some little sheet of paper that it expresses your where you what you feel about it. Because I think that you're asking a lot of some like, so, listen, okay, I, I did a I, I fished with the guide recently. We went to St. Martin. Okay, I had to go to St. Martin for two days for a, a birthday party, very special birthday party for a very special friend. Mm-hmm. And me and some other dudes that were there wanted to go fish. And we hired a guy to go for a half day of fishing. Now, oh, we just kind of wandered around half looking. Half day. Yep. The old half day. Hey, man, I'm trying to stay married, right? I got you. Now, uh, we go out and just walk to shore looking for stuff, working bait and cast. And that was one thing I was like, wow, I had no idea it was this. It's this easy? Yeah. I could have done I this. Know, yeah. this <laughs> I don't need a guide for this. So What's the cancellation policy? In your, mind, in your mind, does that then mean that I should refrain from fishing? 
because he introduced me to the idea of walking down the beach looking for bait. Yeah, but he he selected that particular shoreline. Right. And if you were back there the next day, he might have other clients there. And if you were on the beach in front of him, I feel like that affects his ability to do his job with the next group of clients. Yeah, it'd be very awkward. But wh- whereas the Yellowstone floating a, a stretch and you're not really getting in anybody's way because there's going to be lots of other people there. But that particular shoreline, he probably walked it because it's good and he probably p- takes people there pretty regularly. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a throw this out in a different way because here's what I – if it, not that I've gotten to do this very often, but the few times that I have gone somewhere like you're suggesting, Travis, and like I'm a fish here for a few days – I'm going to hire a guide for the first day. I will have an explicit conversation and say, hey, listen, I'm here for X number of days. I'm hoping to fish throughout those days. This is the only day that I'm going to be guided. So one, I'd love to have a good time and learn something about your fishery. And two, could you please give me some suggestions on places I might go fishing? I like that. I've done that that too. That's a great idea. That's the way that I do that. And also in doing your idea, which I love, throw out there. I'll never come back here i'll never be back again like chances are yeah my wife's at home she's sick <laughs> she got sick from the water i'm not coming back here i'll, I'll never be back i'm not I gonna be paying that. This start trip. your day like that i just want to start by saying you will never see me again this is the last <laughs> time you're ever gonna see me unless you stumble upon me fishing this water <laughs> you're gonna see me at that point Hank Patterson's take on this entire thing, if I could just jump into that, would be that you're going to sign that piece of paper and it's in perpetuity. (laughs) And now I'm going to take you, I'm going to show you a stretch of water, right? And now every time you fish that stretch of water, you don't have to pay the full price, but you are going to pay me $50. A royalty. (laughs) A royalty in perpetuity. And this is going to go for the rest of your life. So for the rest of your life, and by the way, Every single fly that I put on your line that works is now a dollar. It's a dollar to me every time you buy that fly. So if I tie on a royal wolf, every time you buy a royal wolf at whatever fly shop across the country, you now owe me a dollar for having introduced you to that specific fly. And I think that takes care of the problem right there. Yeah. Because now, now the, eventually you just kick back on commissions. Exactly. Yeah, yeah you'll be yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, like out of, you're out of the guiding just in the game. <laughs> so all those flats guys and everything, and I have not gone out and fished with them, but I've word on the street is they're all pissed off. And so now these guys, you know, you do it for like three years, you take out enough people and you get, you know, a a legal document signed where in perpetuity, if they ever want to fish in the state of uh, Florida again, within a hundred yards or a hundred miles of where you took, hell, if they want to fish that side of Florida ever again, (laughs) it's a hundred dollars to you. And I think you get the states involved and and I, I, I think this is an enforceable thing. And then if you don't want to sign that paper, then, you know, you, then it's a $15,000 day rate. <laughs> so that or you good cover luck catching it, a permit you by yourself. Either way. Yeah. Or good luck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. do you want to catch fish? Go for yes. It, sign the document. Spring is a great time to do something with your family. Do some spring cleaning, which I kind of started today outside. Planning outdoor activities, which I'm always doing. Taking a little trip to Hawaii with your kids for spring break, which I just did, which was great. You know what else you can do? For your family this spring, you can shop for life insurance with Policy Genius. Make that part of your financial planning for the year. I've said it before a thousand times. I'll say it again. When my wife and I, when we started having kids, 
We got serious about life insurance, and man, I felt so much better after we did. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just 292 bucks per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? And you probably got rain gear, but you shouldn't overlook sunny day gear. Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite Hoodie has you covered on the sunniest day. Man, I was just in Hawaii and I had my Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie with me. And here's the deal. We're in and out of the water all the time, getting in to go spearfishing, getting out, taking the kids to the beach. I'm not going to mess around all day putting sunscreen on and having to get washed off. I just run a hoodie. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to, especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection? We're talking UPF 50 and it has airflow. So you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head on over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all of their performance fishing gear. Get incredible deals on premium cuts from ButcherBox. Do you like free protein for a whole year? Well, deals this good are hard to come by at the grocery store. I, at home, well, I got two freezers, but you know what I'm saying. I like to have a freezer stocked full of stuff. I like feeling prepared, man. When I come home and it's time to make dinner, I like to go in. I got all my proteins lined up in there. Just makes me feel good about stuff. And with ButcherBox, you'll always be prepared with meat in the freezer. It means fewer trips to the grocery store. Delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping always. You get a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. You'll get exclusive deals as a member, too. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash eater and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free and every order for a year. So every box you get has that in it free for a year. Sign up today at ButcherBox.com slash eater. Make sure you use code MEATEATER to choose your free for a year offer plus $20 off your first order. What's your take on it? Because I think one of the funniest pieces of yours is, and it's funny, I I had always liked this, but didn't even put it together. Because I liked it a long time ago, and then I started watching other stuff you do, and I was like, oh my God, that's the guy who did the, um, the two dudes on the bank who are trying to find out they're very they're confused by catch and release yeah that is by far the most popular video i ever made it's not even close and it was very unexpected do you remember what episode number that one is no i don't it's hank and the bait fishers hank and the bait (laughs) and so there's now it's probably like a 15 i don't it's probably 10 or 12 minutes all my videos are longer than they say they should be um but I at the beginning of that episode, I'm talking. I'm asking the guys why they're here. Why are you here? And one of them says, "I guess I've always been a little fly curious." 
And, <laughs> and when I wrote that and every episode, I always try to write like, what are people going to quote back at me? And I thought this fly curious thing is going to be gold. And I mean, that good. it was, but then it goes into the catch me, Hank explaining the process of catch and release. And he's like, so, and then you release it into a cooler. No, back into the water. And then they start talking about like, well, if you're not going to catch them to eat them, aren't you just torturing fish? Which is a, you know, pretty solid question, really. Something we've and talked so about here before. What, what happened was somebody went to YouTube and they grabbed that part of my video. They took the rest of it out and it got like 40 million views. And I'm oh, like, oh, yeah. so the, sh- the short. Yeah, yeah, the well, short. Also, the, you, you're explaining, um, yeah. Hank Patterson's explaining, well, if you let him go, then someone can catch him again. Yeah. And the guy's like, oh, so you're fattening them up. Yeah. <laughs> you're just, you're them up. yeah. <laughs> They're just trying to wrap their heads around, okay, so you let them go to fatten them up so that then you can keep them at a later date. Okay. Shrewd. Shrewd. Sounds yeah. like a conversation we have around this office a lot. Yep. Yep. It's, uh, well, and then that one, then I have the same group of guys out, uh, and we did a, a follow-up, like, and I think... It, my imagination went wild, and I named it Hank and the Bait Fishers Part 2. <laughs> uh, and in this one, I'm explaining what is a fly, because yeah, yeah. you've got the squirmy worm, and you've got, I mean, streamers, and you've Plastic got... beads. But that raises... That, 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 yeah. that, that one raises some really interesting points. It really... It's, it's a great question, it's funny because, because all of a sudden, you, you're fishing you get... with a Rapala. It has a feather <laughs> on it, so it's a fly rod, so that's a fly? Or what makes it a fly? When it's not a fly at What all. does make it a fly? Do you guys know? I have no idea. This is a long-standing shift. I call this a perfect example of a shifting baseline. Like, if you think about the concept of the shifting baseline of what counts as fly fishing or a fly, it, you can go way back. You know, if you want to go several hundred years back into England, it and wouldn't count. Some people would say, well, if you're not fishing downstream, it's not fly fishing. Those huh. guys who go who cast upstream... They're oh. not fly fishermen. They're not of our stature. Okay. Wow. I, I want to really. I want to really explore this, but I don't understand. I feel. Like, I feel like I could understand anything you say about this, but I don't understand that one. So there, there are two. Because they think you should be like you can't cast up. No, literally, no. you cannot cast upstream, like even above parallel with yourself in certain styles of traditional fly fishing. And there are streams where that's codified, like in river law. It is law. law. You will get thrown streams. off the stream if you cast upriver. Give me the perspective. Um, I want you to role play. Ooh. Role play. That's going to be good. Use give a me the perspective voice, of the guy that's an English accent. Yeah, with, with an English or Scottish accent. Yeah, do not, it. That's not uh, going to work. Okay. Yes, it will. Come the on. guy Come on. doesn't think you should cast kind of upstream. British accent. Right. Uh, right. Roy. Well. <laughs> Don't think I'm gonna do that. Um, I think the the issue. I always when I have to do one, I always go to things I learned from Pink Floyd albums. Yeah, that, every time you go, you go to the. <laughs> so the, the I was telling about that. Uh, whatever, brick in the wall, part three. Meat if you don't eat have any pudding. pudding. <laughs> um, I cannot. I, I I think I'm gonna blow this because I really don't know the exact you answer know to the your question. Argument. But I I think what it is is that there was a belief that casting upstream was essentially like cheating. Because if your fly is just drifting down the current, then, you know, the fish are just going to eat And the fish it. look upstream. That's so easy. It's, it's, it's harder to get up above them. But to, to have to cast across and, and swing your fly in front of the, the fish and get them to eat. Now, that requires real skill and angling prowess. 
Okay, I'll buy that. So I, it, again, this, I will not buy that. <laughs> I, well, no, no, because no, there's I'm, there, I'm, I'm, think about anytime I want to get a guy out that has never fly fished, the first thing I do is I find a rising fish. I put him upstream of it <laughs> so he can just like basically pull out some line doesn't cast it just chuck it in there he floats it just down chuck to him. it and float it down to him i'm not saying this theory is right okay i'm just, I'm just I'm, you know i was the asked to role play that's a, that's a, i hadn't even thought of that i feel like if you said to me you could spend your whole life casting upstream or downstream yeah and your goal in life is to catch as many fish as possible i would pick downstream i would too yeah me too no question. So I could see having a river with a snooty English guy who says you can only cast they have upstream. That too. Oh, they do? Yep. There are Lay the, that argument out to me. I, I think you just did. Oh, okay. Right. I mean, I, but the, like there are the point being that there are these these totally arbitrary divisions that have been created within and it's I mean I think fly fishing is particularly guilty of this and it's part of why it's so much fun no, to make I, fun I, of it. I, I think this is what puts the joy in it. <laughs> These arguments. That's that's what puts all the joy in going out fly fishing, just having somebody tell you what you're doing wrong. Wrong. Well I mean we wrong. <laughs> you're casting it wrong. Nope. Wrong drift. Downstream. That's upstream. not a fly. Not a fly. It's just yeah, not a fly. Oh that's what we're talking about. Tell me what a fly is. Yeah, I have. No I mean, I, 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 here, here's here's. I know. Where I'm I know at. when I see one. I know when I see one, but I can't. If I had to write, like, if if the folks over at Webster's or Miriam's, right, said like, "Hey, we're trying to find someone to craft the definition of a fly," um, and we've we're, we're tasking you with the chore, I would have a very difficult time. I've come to the conclusion. I would write. I know it when I see it. Any any artificial thing that you use with a fly rod, that, that's just what I've come to. But it's real feathers. But well, you have to have a feather. Well, I mean, not but, always. But fly fishing could be a bead. You know, uh, fly fishing could be the squirmy wormy. Fly fishing could be a mop fly. They're now going to Home Depot buying mops, lopping a chunk of that off, tying it on a hook, and this is now a fly. And that's meant to replicate rotten flesh. I don't know what it. Do you know what that replica, like a maggot or something like that? And why are you fishing in maggoty water? It really <laughs> brings that question. I love that you're looking front. at me on this. I actually I, have no, I just no expertise on the mop I, I, I'm looking at you because I'm like, yeah. Miles you're seems like a guy that's going down to the Home Depot and pulling this crap out, right? I mean, you were a fishing guide, right? For many, many years. Yeah, so yeah. you would not have been too proud to tie a mop and oh. a bobber on a guy's line. God, no. I just, Hell I no. haven't. Any, are no, you kidding I'm me? Not, no, anything no to get that credit card out of his pocket at the end of the day. It would be that uh i'm doing your guys job for you wouldn't it be like a, a, a whatever a hooked device or whatever that is delivered not by its own weight but is delivered by the weight of the line that's a fly cast i think i think that that gets at it but then you know there, there's another situation and i'll, I'll make a plug for content on the meat eater website because we were oh, just that's good man. we're just about to publish a piece from our own uh brody henderson discussing this this very thing and um and one he brought in was a buddy of his who is not a good fisherman went down to the what's Florida that guy's Keys. name uh, <laughs> <laughs> travis something wasn't he? It, it, it didn't 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 uh name him by name, right, but Larry went Swanson. down to the Florida Keys and caught a couple permit and a couple bonefish in a place that's known for bear- being extremely difficult to catch either of those species. They found out later the guide had been soaking the flies oh, yeah. in ground up crab and clam shrimp. juice and shrimp. And and so that feels like a departure, but 
you know, it's still delivered through the mechanism of a, of a weighted line and a light fly, but is that fly fishing? And that might, might even be a fly with feathers, but that's not exactly what's getting it done in that situation. So you feel that, <laughs> I don't want to belabor the point here, but uh, you feel that odorless, that odorless would be something that you would throw into the working yeah. definition. I, I'm I'm not I'm not taking a side on it. No, no, I'm just curious. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a just a choice I would probably not make to do that. But uh, that would you cast raised... an odorless fly into a chum slick? Well, and you know, and I went uh, shark uh, mako shark fishing off San Diego one time on a fly quote unquote fly fishing trip, and the only cast I made all day was just to feel out a 16 weight fly rod. But that's all we did is sit there all day looking at chump slick. But that's like how you raise those Makos up to be able to make a four-foot cast while it circles the boat trying to eat you. Um, so, I mean, I've I've done that. I didn't have a problem with it. We didn't end up seeing any Makos, um, which I really wanted to see one. And, and I would have does anyone, tie, one. But does anyone I, tie a fly that emits noise? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that's they'll okay. Have ra- well, like a, like a rattle oh, what? in it. What? Yeah, oh, but not so like how have I not, not like made a video about this? <laughs> and you're, and you're, comfortable, right you're comfortable with that. I'm putting you. Yeah. You're in a little bit of a devil's advocate position. Okay, here. yeah, I'll play a devil's advocate. Um, you're comfortable yeah, with noise. I'm, I'm comfortable with noise. So emission. you're comfortable deceiving the fish visually. You're comfortable deceiving the fish orally, and I don't mean a o r, but a u r. Am I using that right? Audibly. Orally. Let's, Audibly. Yeah. Yeah. Or, how do you say it? Orally. Because I know you don't want to deceive it orally. Yeah. Right. That's well, like, <laughs> you actually are. That's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. So you're going right to trick prison. it. You're, you're going to trick, but you're not comfortable deceiving it olfactorally. In an olfactoral sense. I'm not comfortable with it. That's where you draw a line. I draw I'm, a line. But, but, hell, but, but hell, I mean, but, and, and, and to echo Brody's point that I definitely resonated with is like at that point, just throw in a shrimp. Like, I don't have a problem with bait fishing. Oh, yeah. I know we're not getting into you think he did yeah. something bad, but I'm just saying, like, you get into, like, what your personal terms are. Yeah, I, I, think, I, I think you're not. But the shrimp does on through the fly cast. That becomes the part of the problem. <laughs> well, I'm saying with a spin rod. But, yeah, I feel, I feel like at that point you're not really fly fishing because you're not deceiving the fish through the action of the fly itself. They're grabbing it because it smells good. And so I feel like that is a that is a fairly clear departure from what fly fishing is in my mind. Give me the Hank Patterson take on this. I'm going to add ham juice to my floatants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going home. I'm adding ham juice to my floatant. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, uh, you know, I mean, Hank would absolutely dip the fly in any smelly whatever, <laughs> but he would threaten your life. While doing it, he'd be like, I'm going to dip this in this ham juice, and if you ever say anything at all, I will kill you. I will track you down, and I will kill you. I will start with your parents. I will start with your children. You will die. But he would, he would do it as long as it was a secret. Yeah. Yeah. So that guy, so, I, what, so the real crime of what this guy did as far as dipping is, is tell anybody. <laughs> right. right. I mean, that's the crime. Well, it sounds like they know, didn't find out until quite a while later. He had all the makings, right? He got, I assume he got a picture of himself with the fish, with the fly in its mouth. That's all you had. And then all, somebody snitched. Somebody spoke up. This guy let the cat out of the bag. So I say, I let him fry. Let him fry for not being able to be quiet about it. But I have no problem with him dipping it in ham juice or whatever. I, don't I think it was shrimp juice, but yeah. Yeah. Cl- crab juice. Ham yeah. might work even better. I think this is one of the like 
central reasons why fly angling gets a well-deserved bad rap is arguments just like this. This one. is my next question. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to preempt you, no, but I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue work. on. Again, it, it, it is uh, arguments like this that do. Yeah, like, I, go, think, I think they're, they're probably God. people listening right now going like, Jesus Christ, why? Who cares? Like right. what? What? Yeah. Why does any of this matter? You and think, the, the truth you think is, there's people saying that right now. I do. Yes. I do. Yes. I absolutely think so. About and, the topic and, about what? Wait, what? <laughs> no, the 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 like this concept of purity. Like it started with this idea of the purity scale, which to me gets at this assumption that there are greater and lesser ways of catching fish. And I think that fly anglers often get pigeonholed as being those guys who judge the way that other people fish as lesser than themselves because maybe they're egotistical pricks. That's possible. Or maybe they've just been conditioned into this culture that, yeah. that values one thing over another. I personally would, and to tie this back to another conversation, I would rather be known as someone who's a good angler than solely an exceptional fly angler. And I think that flying, like we have created, people who fly fish have created this ethos for themselves that makes them really easy to make fun of and to consider to be, you know, jerks because they say, well, you caught that on bait or you caught that on a crab soaked fly or you caught this on something. That's not as good as what I did. Who cares? You're going out and fishing and you're having fun. As long as you're respecting the resource and you're staying within the law, who cares how you caught the fish? Whatever makes you happy is the way you should do it. And and I think that, that the whole flying community could do better to just kind of step down and, and relax a little bit. There can be an appreciation for somebody catching it in a way that does make it more difficult. Well, that, that, who, starts, who cares, that but, starts to fall right. apart. Well, if I'm casting it, starts to fall apart it, because it, I would say, okay, then catch it on a bare hook. Catch it on a bare hook. If it's all about what makes it hard, then yeah. put nothing on there. Yeah. Why? It's, it's so <laughs> right. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah, no, it's so right for opposing extremes. Yeah. Well, and then the argument comes in: Did you, you caught it on a bear hook? Is it because you're good, or you found really stupid fish? Yeah, or they or accidentally really, ate really it. They accidentally fish. inhaled it. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll tell you I, when I used to guide on on the bighorn early season. One of the dirtiest tricks in the book for those guides would be to take a bear giant bright red hook and fish that because those fish just attacked it. Oh. And among the guiding community, that that was a thing that was looked down upon. Like, like it was you, a baby, it was a you, baby San Juan worm. It, no, it was huge. It was like this. It was a, a big Gamagatsu octopus hook in octopus. red. It had to be red. Yeah, and yeah. it was a dirty, dirty trick. What it, makes it? Uh, yeah, so much cleaner than a mop fly. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not saying like it, uh, among the community of people who were because fishing there, there wasn't a piece of yarn attached yeah. to it. That's you, why. Do you it was know about this? Oh yeah, I used to fish it. I used to always, <laughs> I used to always fish them underneath my bead because then it was still like you're fishing instead of just fishing a bead and a hook. Now you're fishing a bead and a San Juan spaghetti and meatballs. I'd be talking about how long it took me to tie it. <laughs> like, you, do you tie your own flies? I tied these. I tied this whole, the whole box of them last night. So no time at all. There's just nothing greater than catching a fish on a on a fly that you tied, and I tied this one, and it's just raking fish. It's fantastic. But I, I think this, yeah. this points the the figure at how ridiculous the whole thing is. You came up with the most like difficult thing to do, like well, just a bare hook, and there are people within this community who go like, well, that's cheating. That these are the level of ridiculous rules that we have placed upon ourselves <laughs> yeah, for it's what like counts we're in as a good contest. And not. It's like you're not gonna. It doesn't matter. Like you're not winning a trophy or a prize. Yeah. Which also brings up, I got asked the question on a on a thing recently, an interview. 
where they were asking me how I felt about fly fishing competitions, expecting me to say, oh, my God, that's the most horrible thing I've ever heard, that somebody would have a fly fishing competition. Can you tell people what that is? And, and, well, like you go out and, and you have like a tournament. You know, fly fishing like a bass tournament. But you guys don't bring them. Uh, you don't bring them back home with you in a little. No, live no, well, no. Do you? I mean, you probably have to have a judge with you to measure it because it's all about you know length and like actual size doesn't matter, right? <laughs> it's just all about length as long as it's eighteen inches and a half a pound is better than a four pound seventeen inch fish. Um, but people get really upset about the notion that you would have any sort of a derby or tournament in fly fishing like they would in bass fishing or something like that. Right, yeah. And, and the question came to me on how I felt, and I thought, well, I don't, I'm pretty sure I'm not the fun police. I don't care. <laughs> if, I mean, if, if as long as they're respecting the resource, and what do I care how they go and enjoy their day, and if they want to have a derby or a tournament catching fish and measuring that. It doesn't sound interesting terribly to me. <laughs> like, I don't want to go do it. I mean, I don't need the disappointment in my life because I'm not going to win, <laughs> you know? And it's like, I get made fun of enough. I don't need to also go out and prove that I'm not a six, I'm a two. Uh, so I, I wouldn't do it, but he had had somebody else that he had interviewed a couple weeks prior that was adamantly against it and thought it was absolutely destroying uh, <laughs> fly fishing and the world of fly fishing and the oh, history the of problem? fly fishing was right. Oh yeah, that it just it just takes everything everything that he thinks fly that he thinks fly fishing should be about uh, is is. I see both sides of that because yeah. because I I, I, under, I understand that perspective and it makes me slightly uncomfortable to see kind of the carnival as, aspect the carnival atmosphere yeah. surrounding bass fishing or fly fishing um, and. Where I, whereas I see those those sports as you know personal time and and opportunity yeah. to hang out with friends and commune with nature and I mean it's very it's deeply spiritual to me but at the same time I think it's also inherently competitive anytime you put two guys in a boat they're trying to do better than the other one so it's just kind of a logical extension of that on yeah. the, on the other hand well I, I'm with you on the fact I, I don't want to do it it doesn't sound interesting to go to the tournament to me pers- but that's a personal choice and 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 you're absolutely right i mean you know the biggest lie that i've ever told in fly fishing was oh well i'm glad at least one of us caught a fish i don't care (laughs) if i'm out fishing with a friend i don't care if he you know caught a fish i want to catch a fish him catching a fish might make it no not even might it makes it worse that i didn't (laughs) if i'm gonna get skunked if i'm not gonna catch anything then i was a fish you could also not to have caught anything I want to and, return, and, and I'll admit that. Oh, I want to return to parody for a minute, but I, yeah. I realize uh, we never we never finished the thing about uh, jail. Right, you been in jail, Miles. I have been in handcuffs multiple times, but I've never been booked. <laughs> so they cuffed you. Yeah, and then they let you go. Yeah, they detained you. I was detained. I have been detained more than once, but I've never been. I've been to the station. I've never been booked. They change. They keep changing their mind. I think the last time it happened, I was sixteen. Oh, okay. So oh. I think they were just trying to, you know, scare me straight. Yep. And I, I may and have worked. had a wayward youth, and so I had a few run-ins with the local cops. Yanni, never cuffed or been in jail. You've been cuffed. Cuffed once. You've been thrown in jail. You've been incarcerated. Nope. Never. I have not. I, I'm. We were talking about this before. I think I'm, I'm good at talking talking to cops. I'm very p- 
polite and deferential, which is what my dad taught me. Just apologize a lot. And so that's that's what I yeah. that's what I do. And I, I got like, I I'm got so my friends sorry. and I out of I'm a so lo- sorry that I shot that guy. <laughs> <laughs> In college, I got my Sir. friends and I out of a lot Sir. of trouble when it, whenever whenever cops would show up at our house that had. 300 people in it and loud music playing at two in the morning. You would have got it ran out in the yard. I was, I was the one, I was the, the designated police liaison. Yeah. I, uh, I had to spend one night in jail and my goodness did it, uh, uh, I came out of it wanting to live a, a, a cleaner life. It had its effect. How old were you? 22. Hmm. Old enough to know better. Little drinking. Yeah. Little yeah. drinking. Um, yeah, little drinking. I got charged with resisting arrest, which I thought was a trumped up charge. That was a stretch. <laughs> it was you, a stretch. You didn't call him, sir. It was a stretch. When he went to cuff me, it surprised me. So I, so I naturally <laughs> with <laughs> instinct took They over. went to cuff me, and it startled me. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I went to w- withdraw, you know. If he had said, I'm going to cuff you now, mm-hmm. I would have held out my hands like they do in the movies. Please do. But, sure. but he, he, he came at me Snuck quick. Snuck up on him out like a magician. Quick. Boy, did I write a letter of apology. <laughs> you would, I wish I had a copy of the letter of apology I wrote to that officer. So that, that's where you really knew the, write, the writing career was going to pay, pay off it when was you got heart- through that one. <laughs> it was heartfelt. You, you got ahead of I me had to get and, bailed and, out. and took it away from me. You, you said you, you hadn't been are, in jail. Are you finished with your jail story? You just told me you hadn't been to jail. I know. I was on to the next thing. Oh, yeah. Well, well I'm not. Okay, that's sorry. I'm asking. I thought I, I thought I had a second to jump, jump in. Jump in. Yeah. But go ahead. Now that I'm through talking about jail. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd like to change the subject, please. <laughs> well, I had a good opportunity at a segue, but you uh, you stole it by going back to the jail thing. But I was thinking <laughs> oh, that all these arguments edit, edit it in that we have later. within the fly fishing um, space. Is that maybe a reason that your daughters don't fish? Oh, mm. the argument, basically. the argument, the, everything we just were were discussing, the like the the purity of fly fishing and what makes what's the definition of fly fishing and all this stupid stuff that really doesn't matter, huh? Making it not fun. Yeah, is that maybe why your daughters don't fish? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I they just. From an early age, showed well, <laughs> well, well before the argument uh, of what it means to fly fish came into play. They they just never showed an interest in fly fishing. Uh, I say that, and then Did, I kind of think, were you trying well, to make them fishermen? No, I mean I took them out a couple of times. I mean they fished. I mean I took them out. And, how would, how and, do you not they, view they this could, as like the cast. greatest failure? Uh, like that a, that a, that a person could ever experience. Well, I mean, we all we all have our own path. Uh, you know, there's there's certainly uh, it's unfortunate that that they don't enjoy fly fishing, but they do enjoy you know going out outside. You know, to like get in a car. On the way to the mall. Uh, yeah, I mean the 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 outside certainly leads to yeah, like a restaurant or yeah. or, or the mall or a friend's house or something like that. Um, how many times did you what try you would to call indoorsy? Um, how many times did you try? How many times did you take them fishing? Oh, when, we, when they were growing up, we we drug them along, and maybe that's it. <laughs> we, the, the, just what I just said. We drug them along. Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe uh, this is the, this was, maybe this was their way of of uh, um, you know 
going against me or, you know, we'll show him. We won't learn to fish. Yeah. Um, that was their rebellion was to not learn how to fly fish. You know, uh, that maybe that's it. You how know, old how, are they? Uh, my oldest daughter is 27 and my youngest daughter is 21. Have they been to jail? Uh, well, one of them probably should, should <laughs> go to jail, uh, you know, for a couple of days, you know, just to set, set her on a path. Uh, the other one is, is probably doesn't need jail at this point. She's, she's a nurse working with, uh, dementia and, uh, or, and Alzheimer patients. And actually she just got a new job. She works with, uh, hospice. Uh, so she doesn't need to go to jail. Now, well, then, now, the, now the other one, you know, and I don't want to, you know, call her out, Zoe, but, um, <laughs> you know, Zoe could, you know, maybe like a three-year stretch, just something to, <laughs> just something to straighten her out, you know, kind of get her on the right path. You work hard. Light the fire. Too many twists. As <laughs> in there. Well, it, so we've worked with uh, the prison in uh, Boise. And uh, the prisoners tie flies for the real recovery retreat in Idaho. Seriously? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and so I could get her on that program if she was in <laughs> if she was in the joint. So explain uh, that to me. How's that work out? I, I got a phone calls. The the one of the guys, uh, one of the wardens out there, uh, likes Hank Patterson, and got in touch with me and said, "Hey, I you know I'm a warden out at the prison. Oh shit." You know, uh, is it Zoe? What, what did I do? Are you looking for Zoe? <laughs> have not seen her. Yeah, we haven't seen her in a long time. Shh. Um, uh, so anyway, he got a hold of me and he said, "Hey, so I uh, I do a thing. We we have a program out here." And this guy fly fishes, right? So you know that this was a racket. This guy's <laughs> this guy wants free flies. And so uh no, good dude. And and so anyway, so he he said they had a, a thing out there and that uh as long as it was a uh not for profit organization that they could tie flies and give them to us and and we are. So uh yeah, so they every well, year cool. they tie a, a box for the guys and and then we get to say, Hey, we had some prisoners tie these flies for you guys, and so here. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool program. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You want me to stump you guys on a piece of fly fishing trivia? Yeah, I do. You ready for this? Yeah, go. Bring it on. Name for me the two countries, the two leading commercial fly tying countries, but not, not the U.S. That's Thailand and Cambodia? Kenya. How'd you know that? Hold I've on. worked in this Kenya industry and for it, so Thailand long. Thailand and Kenya. Kenya. You know, I would have guessed okay. Thailand. I, I did I not know, you know Kenya. Kenya for sure. I, know a lot I would of guess it comes Kenya's out of Cambodia number one. as well. Does it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sri Lanka's up there too, yep. aren't they? Mm-hmm. Huh. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I should have so. said that this. Would, that would make Name this two countries. <laughs> not the leading. Just in leading. I, I, I kind of like. I started getting in there a little over my waders, you know, by like the leading, <laughs> like the leading. I just meant it like name I a couple you, of countries. I, I was thinking of hobbyists, like where 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 people happened to tie flies commercial, not, not where they were commercial tie manufactured no uh, talking about fly sweatshops is what we're talking about no oh, right all yeah. your flies come from sweatshops oh, just good. so you know yeah. no i yeah. yeah i don't tie very flies. sad places yeah good really so oh yeah no not not all though i'm i'm i'm, oh, I'm whoa, overselling yeah, i'm overselling they're they're <laughs> actually and and there are a couple of programs and i'm, I'm totally blanking on the name maybe sam you can help me remember this one but there's a, a new fly company that came out in the last couple of years that is actually working with local communities as like a way to bring people up out of poverty yeah i know i know of one outfit in honduras that mm-hmm. is doing that like i think fair trade fly fish fly for time. change or... yeah it's it's something like that 
Uh, I think it's it's not quite that, but it's similar to that. But the, there are there are some bad actors in that world who who actually pay people terribly, and that's why Flash is so cheap. And then there are other companies who are trying to pay people a living wage and, and make it better. M- many of the many of the top fly fish uh, fly producing companies like Upqua and Montana Fly Company have have very good working conditions and and pay much higher wages than many of the other opportunities around those areas. And I know they, they take that quality control very, very seriously and visit their facilities a lot. But I'm, I know there are also some real sweatshop situations going on. Fair trade flies, man. That's the company I'd start. Yeah. I mean, just to, I'd go get them cheap as I could get them. But then I just would call, <laughs> right. call fair right. trade flies. Fair to me trade. <laughs> Fair enough. Is that sub $3? What is it that, uh, what in your mind makes, like, what in your mind makes a culture or group of people parodyable? That's not a word, but you know what I'm getting That's pretty good. Parodyable? Parodyable, yeah. Ripe. I'm fine with it. Ripe for parody? I I think if you get a group of people that take something very, very seriously, that it is ripe for parody parody and now i i've been asked you know do you think that fly fishers take themselves too seriously and i and the answer is no i don't i don't it's not up to me how serious you want to be about fly fishing or anything else in your life so you take it as seriously as you want um that's not my job so i don't you know but it does make it easy to make fun of you um and and you're sport and and what you like to do and and i'm one of them i mean i'm just i'm making fun of myself as well i mean there's nothing i don't think mean-spirited about the stuff that that i do it's just too easy to take something that is so serious and there's so many arguments surrounding it what's right what's wrong i mean what's better what's you know is nymphing actually fly fishing is there's so many arguments and all, all those arguments that we've been talking about uh for the last hour are exactly what makes it parodyable is that it's it's also something that you know when i make the joke people start tagging their friends and so you know you've hit the nail on the head oh, because yeah. this is this is oh that's you john tom <laughs> tom this guy just nailed you <laughs> this guy's got you you know and so you just start to know that that one worked because people are now tagging each other in it and so it's like the argument about whether what makes a fly a fly is is nymphing really, you know, like a trashy way to fish or is dry fly fishing the only real fly fishing, all those things and all the seriousness in which people have these arguments. Uh, it just makes it really, really fun to to parody. You know, uh, take a guy like take a guy like Jeff Fox or who does parody. Yeah. Um I would venture to guess that most of his audience is that his audience is not wholly, but I would guess largely comprised of the subjects of his parody. Rednecks. Right? Right. Isn't that that's I think everybody likes it, but that's who takes the greatest joy in it because it's done from a place of love. It's like his humor, he's like he parodies rednecks from a position of love and respect. Yeah. And I'm one of you, right? Yeah. Uh, is most of your audience people who think that fly fishermen are self righteous, annoying assholes? Or is most of your audience 
Fly fisherman. I, I think it's fly fisherman. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I've had people yeah, tell me do that events they, at fly they, shops. they got into fly fishing <laughs> because of the fact that they watched my videos. <laughs> because they thought it was like, oh, I just thought it was a bunch of like, you know, tweed jacket with the leather on the elbows sort of assholes. And then I watched your videos and I'm like, oh, no, this is this is sort of a fun thing. I'll try it out. Um, it's it's fly fishermen. And, and uh, I think it's people that you know, just think it's fun to be made fun of and think fun to make fun of themselves. And, and I think most of them realize it's, it's a joke. I'm just kidding around. And, and, but everything that Hank does is comes from a place of logic. So if you watch him, I mean, as illogical as it is, you can follow his logic, you know, the, the catch oh, and release thing. There's, yeah. there's an absolute logic to it. So, um, I just try to pick up on conversations that I have with guys out fly fishing or the arguments they have or the different videos. And I mean, how many more videos do we need on how to tie a certain knot? It's like, I was going to make a video that, you know, it's like, you know, people are calling me and they're asking me, Hank, how do I tie a surgeon's knot? And so uh, what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to get two pieces of well, you tip it and you're going to like line those side by side. Now you're going to get a smartphone. You're going to go to Google and you're going to type in, how do I tie a surgeon's knot? <laughs> There's 7,000 videos. Find the shortest one. There you go. And, <laughs> and so it, it's just, you know, I, I think that the audience for Hank Patterson is definitely people that fly fish, hardcore fly fishers like it and uh, guides like it. And some of them absolutely hate me. That's, that's the next fun. question because you, you're familiar with the movie Spinal Tap. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's true, but let's just pretend it's true. Uh, I heard that. I wish I knew if this is true. Yanni, type in the cult and Spinal Tap. Let's we're, let, let's not pretend that what I'm going to tell you is true. I'm but the singer true. from the cult. Just got some kick-ass songs. Yeah. The singer from the cult was insulted by Spinal Tap. Oh. Yeah. He was insulted really? by a rock parody. Is that true? Really? Mm. Let's just say it was. Yeah. Uh, for a minute until, until we find out that it's not. Um, do do a lot of fly fishermen get annoyed that you goof on it so hard? I, I don't know about a lot. I mean, it's it's uh, like as far as comments that I read or emails that I get, and I don't get a ton of people that will like actually email me every now and then, or I'll get comments on my videos and stuff like that. And it, it really is you know, hundreds or more to one. Um, but every now and then somebody absolutely hates what I do <laughs> and they hate me and they, it gets, it can get really personal. I, I read one, <laughs> one time a guy had written like I, at least three paragraphs on how he was going to, because I was wearing an Orvis hat, he was going to return everything he had ever bought from Orvis because of my video and how much he now hated. Now he extended it to them. He now hated them as well for supporting what I did. And, and, uh, that guy takes himself too seriously, probably, but, but comedy, you know, I'll say this is that I don't get offended if somebody doesn't think that I'm funny because comedy is absolutely subjective. Just because you don't think I'm funny doesn't, mean that it isn't funny it means that it isn't funny to you now when i'm, I'm comfortable when i'm those, sort of comfortable with this. when those people i think some stuff is objectively funny almost almost yeah yeah <laughs> but meaning like if somebody says i i don't think hank patterson is funny the guy's obnoxious he is obnoxious 
you know, and if you don't like my style of, of comedy or you don't like the things that I do, I, I think that's fine. But now when it's personal and you start telling other people that they shouldn't like me or you start threatening to take your gear back because then, you know, now it's all about you. It isn't about the fact that, I mean, you can just stop the video and move on. I mean, you don't have... <laughs> People have the, a hard the, the time The guy with also that. had typed in there that he's like, I've watched three of your videos and... <laughs> and I thought, you should have stopped at one. Like, like well, maybe yeah. he's the one who the needs to one. see it the most. I've seen... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're getting, yeah, you're getting at a funny mentality. Watch it. Yeah. I've seen... Um, I put a lot of images and stuff up on Instagram, which I, I like that platform a lot. Yeah. Because I think that people go into Facebook just to fight. Mm-hmm. People log into Facebook, they're already, they're already pissed. Yeah. You know, they're like, ooh, that Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, they go into Facebook like with that attitude, right? Yeah. Um, but Instagram people are kind of chill. But still you'll see stuff like, you'll see, uh, you'll put a thing up and you'll see a little art of some guys being like, oh, you know, Oh, this guy, he's the worst guy in the world. And a guy be like, yeah, I gave up on him long ago. I'm like, but, but hold on. One of my you're, <laughs> it's like, hold on, you're in my, you're like, hold on, you're in my Instagram account carrying on a dialogue about an you scroll like, what does giving up on something look like to you? Yeah. <laughs> you haven't given up. We'll still so gotta much monitor it. Yeah, but that it isn't taking forty-five minutes of your Monday afternoon to comment about me and how you've given up on me. Yeah, but, but some of that unfollow. Some, there's some a of that button you get though. Like, yeah. do you think it's because there's a lack of understanding of satire? Like, do you think that those are folks who just don't understand the concept of satire and are taking it seriously and going, "This guy's a." Asshole. My favorite. Why would I is, follow that? I did an episode How to Survive Yellowstone National Park. I, I, I remember <laughs> oh, it well. Yeah. And it starts with um, 32 million people visit Yellowstone National Park every single day. And it goes on to say, like, these ridiculous numbers 42,000 people die. You know, and it, and it, then it just starts to stay, stay the F away from grizzly bears. Stay the, that's all the advice that, that Hank gives. So it gives these ridiculous statistics. And uh, this lady commented on there, and she's like, this is ridiculous. I don't think any of this is true. I live in the Yellowstone area, and all you're doing is getting people afraid to come here. And we rely on those tourism dollars. And to say that 32 million people visit every single day is ridiculous. It's not even close. And I thought, wow, she did not understand satire whatsoever <laughs> and i feel like satire is a, a is a, a dying art i think people are like yeah. taking things in the media just so literally now we're so conditioned to take things literally yeah and for sensationalism's sake that the idea of like and things are so sensational that are that, like just in our basic media that feel like satire i think like we're, we're losing the concept of satire entirely i'll say hank, it, it, hank, it makes me sad i, I love satire I, I think hank is at his best and, and you know and there's varying degrees even for me i mean i watch the videos and it's like oh man i really like that one and and you know i mean there's varying degrees to how funny they might be and if you make enough stuff, I mean, you make some stuff that hopefully everything you put out, you believe in. And I do. I've, I've made videos that I've never put out because I'm like, it's not funny enough. Do not put it out. And uh, and and so there's varying degrees. But um, I, I think Hank Patterson is definitely at his best when it blurs the line between like, is this is this guy serious? Is this, you know, I mean, if you start to like really question it. 
uh, then I think that that he's at his best, which gets harder and harder to do because people now know who Hank Patterson is. Um, I talked to a lot of people who were like, I saw your first two videos and I had no idea if this was a joke, which I thought, well, then that, you're an idiot uh, because they're, <laughs> I mean, they're clearly a joke, yeah. but still it sort of like, like rides that line of anything that you can uh, identify with um, and, and it hits close to home is, is I think where it's at its best. And that's where satire is at its best. Yeah. Is like yeah. when you go, yeah, I'm that guy. Yeah. I, I'm, I've met a lot of Hank Patterson's. <laughs> um, on the road, a little too. Yeah, that, that was the next thing I was going to ask you about. Is as much as it's fun to laugh about how sanctimonious fly fishermen are, right, uh-huh. and how prissy they are, and and uh, like uptight they are, and weak they are, and feet they are, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> are they? <laughs> Do you know what I mean like are they? I don't think so. Because that's what's funny is like. No. No, my experience is it's they, a pretty like, laid back group that's, of that's people. That's what I'm saying. Like, Agreed. there's all the things, but then, like, dudes that I hang out with, that, that they're just. These guys fishing. It's yeah. like people going fishing. Yeah. So, where did it come? Like, how? It, it's sort of this thing that it, it exists. It only, it's like it only exists because of the parody. Yeah. But Hank Patterson isn't that. Hank, Hank Patterson is a blowhard. Yeah. He's not like, a, you know, like, he's not like super purist. He's just like a blowhard. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing, yeah, purist about him. He's he's just so it doesn't play on that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, w- what happens when something when we have this? There's this cultural understanding of a thing, and it's it's it exists because of the joke about it. The, for instance, the '80s. Okay, we goof on the '80s. When people goof on the '80s, they're goofing on goofing on the '80s, right? <laughs> Not the reality like, of the '80s. The the narrative, like and the same thing with the '60s. The narrative of the '60s is now driven by parody. Yeah, everything about the '60s is a reference to the parody we've created about the '60s. Yeah. The '80s has become like it's like a parody of a parody. Yeah, you know, like it's it's you don't recollect what it was like. You recollect what it's like when people goof on it. Yeah, and that's what you've come to think it was like. So who is the like? Where are the real asshole fly fishermen? Give me some names. <laughs> Give you me run some names. Into them. They're out there. I mean, they're certainly who? out who there. Who are they? The what do they guides. do? What do they do? Because it seems like just like kind of like chill people that like to be outside and fish. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of. it's it's. I mean, it's somebody that. Uh, what what makes it again really parodyable is how serious we all take it. And me included, right? And you get into these discussions about flies and about, you know, different ways to drift a fly and how to cast a line and double haul and this and that. And it's just all the things that and the thought processes and the seriousness that go into just trying to trick a fish into hitting a hook is ridiculous in and of itself. And then there are guys that get really into that and and just can go out and have a good time. And then there are guys that really do want to be better than everybody else and really do take it very seriously. And, and if people don't do it, you know, the way that they think it should be done, then, you know, they're, they're just assholes in the world. I mean, they're just people yeah. in the world, no matter whether they fish or don't fish. So clearly there are people that fly fish that are, you know, that take all that seriousness that we all have and they just add their, their assholessness to it. But, but does it even over index? Meaning, like, okay, we look like you just take Americans in general. Index. Did anybody right. else follow that? Check this out. Uh, I did not. Okay, follow check it out. Good, 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 good. If you were gonna go and take, yeah. uh, you're gonna take a random sampling. Yeah, you're gonna randomly sample a thousand Americans. Yeah, then you're gonna count up how many assholes you got. 
Right. Like whatever number 800. it is. <laughs> 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 okay. So there we have our figure. You got 800 out of 1,000. Right. You take 1,000 fly fishermen. Is it 800? No, no. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't. Like maybe, I, two I, you know, I mean, maybe two or three. I'll say like I go around to a lot of fly fishing shows and fish with, you know, strangers quite a bit uh, just because you'll go do shows. And so you, the guys take you out fishing. And uh, I, I rarely run into somebody that I'm like, this guy's just a douche. I, I don't. You know, it's typically I mean. like people that are pretty like-minded and, and uh, you know, I, I don't run into a lot of jerks, to be honest with you. Um, I, I mean, they're they're out there, clearly, but I just don't, I don't, and maybe it's... But to call back a conversation we were having just a couple hours ago yeah. about the fly shop guy. <laughs> this is the guy you guys know? I've, I've been in that he's, situation. He's a trope. Yeah. A fly shop guy is a trope. Like an armchair yeah. angler who hangs out in fly shops. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's the, the, the kid you generally mid twenties thinks they're like the most hardcore angler. The only job they can get is working in a fly shop behind and, a desk and they are, they're bitter at all the people who come in and know less than them and need to exert flex their knowledge yeah. over everybody who walks in the door who asks them a question and, and to continually reinforce their own identity as an expert by diminishing the clients who come in the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this people is the conversation that, we were just talking that about. Literally, this. walk in the door to be educated, <laughs> to get some information, to spend their money, and and they're demeaning to them, and they talk down to them, and they roll their eyes at them. It's it's the record store guy, you know. It's the Jack Black in uh, High Fidelity character. Absolutely, the, the customers are absolute pain in the asses. <laughs> They're coming in. You're trying to tie up some flies. You're thinking about what you're going to be, you know, where you're going to be fishing later in the afternoon. And now this son of a bitch walks through the door. Wanting to buy something. He wants to buy something and interrupt my day and ask me questions. And he's the guy that, as opposed to saying, well, they're hitting on spruce moths, is like, shit, man, I had to figure it out. (laughs) You figure it out. (laughs) There's there's a lot of those guys that do not want to give out information because I figured it out. I'm like, just on your own, like nobody ever <laughs> told you anything. Well, I mean, I went out with my dad. Well, maybe this guy didn't have a dad, and he came into your shop, and your answer for him not having a dad is to shit on him. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, so, you know what I mean? Though, yeah. I mean, there is that. There is that, like, well, you know, I had to figure it out. I mean, if you ever asked a guy on, on, a, on a river it's like that's doing well, it's like, oh, man, you're doing good. What, what are they hitting on? And I mean, you get a look like I just asked for his pin number. (laughs) (laughs) What are they hitting on? You know, I just, I've got your credit card here. Can you give me your zip code? I mean, it's like, just, why is that a crappy question? It's because he just discovered a lot of people know what they're hitting on and sharing that sort of information. Now, that's another thing people can argue about what, what, how much information you should share and what. People should have to figure out on their own, but uh, yeah. Did you know Rocket Money can cancel a subscription for you? They'll even alert you when there's been an increase in a subscription price and negotiate rates for you. I can see my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with just a few taps. You wouldn't believe how many people are paying for subscriptions 
they don't use. This happened to me. It's annoying. This helps you find it out and get rid of it. Well, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions and monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Rocketmoney.com slash meat eater rain or shine every day is a great day for fishing right and you probably got rain gear but you shouldn't overlook sunny day gear columbia pfg solar stream elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest day man i was just in hawaii and i had my columbia pfg solar stream elite hoodie with me and here's the deal we're in and out of the water all the time getting in to go spear fishing getting out taking the kids to the beach i'm not gonna mess around all day putting sunscreen on then having to get washed off I just run a hoodie. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to, especially when this SolarStream Elite hoodie is built with broad-spectrum UV protection? We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow, so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head on over to Columbia.com slash PFG and shop all of their performance fishing gear. I want to tell you about an American-made success story and Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like black buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the black buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Uh, I was listening to an interview with a linguist one time, and the linguist was talking about tracking trends in language trends and phrasing and they were just saying that there's a thing that they'd be interested in looking at because they think it would be solvable as when did waitresses start saying are you still working on that there's a point in time you'll go back and no one said that like no one that. said that to your father when he was a child this, this is like a linguist explaining yeah. this. Like no one said to your father when he was a child, are you still working on that? And then it be, it came from somewhere and spread. And it's like a kind of thing that was explained, like a kind of thing they like to spend their time on. How did these things start? The thing that, that 
the fly fishing community, like a thing they do that that I'll never understand, is um, Blank River is fishing well today. <laughs> no other type of angler. <laughs> yeah. No other type of angler on the planet would say that. The Blackfoot is fishing well today. No, like, like no person would say, um, <laughs> no, no bass fisherman, no, no tuna fisherman, no catfish fisherman would ever utter the words. Blank is fishing well today. The really? Pacific is fishing well today. <laughs> <laughs> the Gulf Stream is, is fishing well. They there is so they many would, of those. I, they would not say it. I, I challenge you to find me someone to say it outside of this very specific context. Hmm. It's fishing well I, today. I, I, believe, I picture I believe, like it's I best said. Enough. It's yeah, best said holding a glass, swirling a glass right. of red wine. <laughs> My favorite of those types of statements that I don't know, but I would guess is also a specific to fly fishing statement is, did, did you catch any fish today? We moved a few fish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Musky anglers will say yeah. that. Conventional musky anglers, we I think had, that's where that came from. We had it a is. few chasers. No, well, I, well, over, that's, that's I, I overheard a conversation. The answer is no. Someone was saying how their husband, so a colleague of mine, yeah. was saying that her husband is enjoying, no, her husband-to-be is enjoying a very good day down in Florida because he jumped to. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you got you to take what you can get. <laughs> Which I'm fine with that. Well, I mean, jump, it's, it's jump, that. Jumping to is only... Tarpon. Yeah, yeah. only tarpon. He held it long enough for it to jump. Well, it's small victories. And Miles oh. and I are just coming back from Florida where th- that was all we got. So when people ask how we did, well, it's like, well, we didn't catch any, but we were sort of close. Jumped one. Yeah. Eh, Miles jumped one. I, I had one just break me off on the first head shake before it could even jump. So... <laughs> At least he has that much to say. Yeah, you're uh, you're interested in um, you're interested in. I can't really. That's not really something you should say. I was going to say you're interested in con- conservation, but like, yeah, yeah, that's not. Good, <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, conservation is interests me. <laughs> is it? Are you offering to let me conserve something? <laughs> you're a proponent. Right, where do you see yourself in five you, years, conservation wise? You, you, uh, conservation curious. Yeah, you're. I, um, I, that's a great way to put it. You're, yeah. you're conserva- let, let, Let's try this. Let's yeah. try this. Uh, you're a conservationist. Conservation minded. You're conservation minded. What does that mean? I am. Well, I mean, you know, uh, the more that I got into fly fishing, I think one of the biggest surprises to me was that, you know, conservation, you know, began to interest me. And, uh, <laughs> well, I, you know, like I, I never, <laughs> I guess I would have thought of myself as somebody who cared, uh, but uh-huh. I, I never would have thought I would have any sort of a platform to do anything positive uh, you know, as far as conservation. That you just go through life quietly caring. <laughs> quietly caring and, and uh, doing absolutely and, and nothing. Ro- but rooting the, for the, the right The good side. old yeah. days. And now you know, he cares loudly. Yeah. Rooting for the good guys to I'm win. I'm falling for you, Earth. <laughs> I, I want you to know. I hope this thing works out for you. I'll be dead before we know. Um, yeah. I, uh, I You know, the Hank stuff. So I work a lot with uh, Trout Unlimited and... Uh, you know, it, it dawned on me at one point. I, I know nothing. 
about, you know, like science. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think that to a degree, most people have to take some sort of a leap of faith in, in, in a group of people or in, you know, science. I, I, I will admit to you, I'm not going to pour over the science. There are certain things that I know, you know, as far as littering and, and you know, <laughs> that, that I shouldn't do, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I have made some conservation videos and uh, I think that with c- climate change in particular being such a hot button topic, which I don't understand, which actually surprised me a few Why years hot ago. Button? Yeah, that people are like so pissed off before the conversation starts. I, I had no idea that was the case. Chris yeah, Wood, I've I've puzzled over that. That it's it's interesting that it's 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 one of those things. that's interesting to me that it's partisan because it seems it would be a yeah. scientific discussion. It'll be like, um, it, it seems to be like you you look at a body of evidence and you believe the body like you, you like you look and like oh that makes sense i i support this or i i you know i arrive at the same conclusion or you'd look at a body of evidence and you'd see a lot of holes in the body of evidence right and you'd be like well i don't agree with that it, it'd be like it, it's weird that it falls that it winds up falling that your understanding of it tips on partisan lines and doesn't tip on just the same way if i said to you like if you said why is the sky blue and i presented you with a here's my explanation of why it's blue and you saw it and you're like, um, you know, I, I see what you're saying, but I, th- th- I don't buy that. There has to be another explanation because yeah. look what's wrong with your argument. Those two, it's not like there's like a right wing way of looking at why the sky is blue and a left wing lay of looking at the sky right. is blue. But whether or not you sort of accept or not accept the, 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 the scientific community's yeah. findings about it, how is it partisan? Yeah, it's a bizarre thing. I, I, I mean, what I've tried to do is figure out is like how can i have any sort of an effect and i realized you can't i, I can i can you want to change the, the, what the, happens in no, china but the the video <laughs> <India? laughs> the, the videos as far as like the arguments that people have in the partisanship of it uh that that i've tried to make is um the, the video i'm working on right now is is how to talk about talking about climate change. <laughs> so it's literally just how do we have a conversation? I'm not going to take either side. I'm not going to be a climate change denier. I'm not going to say climate change is happening. I'm not going to say it's human caused or not human caused. I'm just going to have a, it's a video just specifically based on how can we have a conversation about it can you, can without you pre- can you preview losing our minds. Well, I've I've long since said that you can't have a. Uh, can you bleep this? Uh, you can't start a conversation with "fuck you," and so it starts there that you have to be willing to listen to each other. And so that's rule one. Yeah, rule one is at the point that somebody says that, we now know the conversation is over. The conversation has has now ended. Like and that's so, not gonna that exchange isn't gonna occur, and then a couple minutes later, someone's gonna go. You know what, man? I really see your point. You're right. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, and then the other thing is like trying to figure out how do you communicate, you know, with everyone as opposed to just your group of people, uh-huh. right? And so, like we were talking about, you know, that you know, you go on Facebook or whatever, and these arguments occur. And they just start as arguments. They end as arguments. Absolutely nothing is solved. And they're typically based on two people that have differing views of, we'll say, climate change. And, and nothing's going to change 
their mm-hmm. their their differing views. And so it's almost you're just sort of I always feel like you're beating your head against a wall if all you're going to do is cheerlead and speak to your choir. And so I, I think it's fun to use comedy as a disarming element. And so I'm not coming into it with F you. I'm not coming into it to, you know, uh, berate you. I'm not coming with, you know, you know, all the facts and figures and the serious side of it. I mean, you can just say, let's just let's disarm this thing. Let's at least agree that it doesn't have to be a partisan issue. Let's just figure out a way we can actually just have a conversation about it and then and then see where that conversation goes. Um, Whether or not that helps, I don't I don't know, but I don't. You know, I, I, I'm not one to set out to make, you know, a, an, another video to try to prove something to someone unless I figure out a way to get them to listen to what I'm to my point of view. If they won't listen to my point of view, then then what what's the point? I mean, if all I'm getting is people that already agree with my point of view to say, you're goddamn right. You know, it was like, well, that's <laughs> who cares? You haven't moved the needle. And so I always try to go, well, maybe you can move the needle just by figuring out how, how do I approach everyone, you know, with, with how do you talk about things like climate change or other conservation issues. And, and, uh, I, I mean, that might seem like sort of a cop out to not no, take a hard line stand on, on one side but of I it. I think that's easier said than done though, to yeah. some extent. And, and I'll bring up a specific example recently that happened to me where I, I ran afoul of this without knowing that I would, I, I published something on our website and, and I used the term, the phrase climate change deniers oh, yeah. in that, in that, in that article. And I got an email from a reader accusing me of using pejorative language mm. by using the phrase climate change deniers in the context that I did. And it, it turned what, what into- would, what, what would he prefer? Yeah. What's yeah. up? Well, yeah. his, his argument was just that that had, that term had been co-opted and used by the media to, um, to frame people who didn't agree with a particular understanding of climate change. Yeah, no, I can see that. That's a good yeah. point. I never yeah. thought about it exactly. Like that. Exactly, and I yeah. and you're and, sort of teeing it up like you're see, you're saying like, oh, you know, the guy that's wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And and yeah. you know, he and I had a, what I thought was a pretty amicable exchange. We had some basic disagreements about anthropogenic climate change, but I I had to admit, like, I didn't I didn't even think of that term as triggering or as pejorative. And yeah. it had it made me sort of rethink, like, wow, I thought I was coming at this from a pretty safe space in terms of opening up a conversation, and even this basic language that I thought was was on the table is yeah. is, is charged. And so that's why, like, in these things, I think it, it it's very very difficult. I I like your point of saying, well, I come at it from this comedic space, and I try and open up these open conversations, and I think a lot of us try and do that, and incidentally or accidentally, yeah, use terms or phrases that turn it into a fight. Because that was certainly not my intention in the yeah. way that I put that together. Well, I would hope that person got more out of the article than that one thing, but they may not have. They may have been so turned off by their response to that phrase that they couldn't hear anything else well, that I had to say. People don't want their mind to be changed. No. They're, so so once, once they see any sort of tip that you may be disagreeing with them, they're probably going to shut off. Yeah. And particularly if they feel, and, and rightfully so, if they feel like they are being maligned or their perspective is being treated disrespectfully, then of course they're not going to listen. And I think that's, that's, that's the, the biggest root cause in my mind is that people ha- tie their identity to their political beliefs or what political or whatever, whatever climate 
change is, their beliefs about the world around them, the, the way they understand things is very deeply connected to who they see themselves as a person. So if that is to shift, then who they are as a person is no longer the same and no longer as pure, perhaps. Yeah. Reason I bring this up about your interest and in your, uh, your let's say your support for the conservation movement. Yeah. And you raised some good points. Yeah. Um, to uh, comedy, like like H- Hank Patterson. Yeah. Is not he could probably uh, act as though he is. He's not that interested. <laughs> in conservation. He's not like a supporter of the conservation movement up until the point, like he would be up until the point where demonstrating his credentials there right. could be advantageous to him. Yeah. Expressing the right sentiment could help him out in the right moment. Yeah. I think I look at it like if 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 this idiot can have a conversation about it, I mean, the, you should be able to have a conversation uh, about it as well. Um it is funny, I mean, to take a character that, that is that and talk about conservation and actually make some serious, like, kind of spot-on comments. I, for the F3T, I did a basically a soapbox speech about conservation and caring and the things that you can do and giving a shit. And, uh, um, we, and it was right in the middle of, of the film tour, and it's, it was two and a half minutes of just me shouting at a camera without any fishing in it. So I was a little concerned mm-hmm. that that wouldn't be very well received uh, at a fly fishing uh, show to have a guy not fish at all in his two and a half minutes. Um, but it was really well received, and it. but it's a little bit of a departure from the idiot side of, of Hank Patterson. There are yeah. a few things that I've done that I will say that are just, it's still that same, like, over-the-top character, but maybe he's not saying something quite as stupid as, <laughs> as as he has in the in the past. But you almost have to break character, like to be impactful. A little bit, yeah. You have to break character because you have to be. Uh, you're saying to your audience, you, uh, you know, I do, I, I like laugh, I goof on us, I laugh at us, yeah. Um, and you like that, you appreciate my sense of humor. So I'm now gonna act like who I am, yeah, for real, which is this dude named Travis. And this dude named Travis likes rivers and wants rivers to be clean yeah. and good places to hold lots of fish that we can catch. Yeah. Now I will jump back into being <laughs> it, it'll a guy blur, that, it, it blurs some lines. I, I jump back into being now a guy that doesn't really understand any of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I think neither of us inter- understand much uh, is, is the truth. I mean, it. I guess my thing with the conservation really has been uh, I, I mean, I'm not joking when I say I don't. I don't know the science. I don't. You know, I have not. I, I will readily admit. You know, so I don't. I'm not going to get into a science argument or debate with somebody about climate change. I mean, there are. I mean, as much as we laugh, there are certain things that I see that I, as a human being, can do better. I mean, I can be a better steward. I can. You know, I cannot litter. I mean, it is simple things that I can say. You know what? We, You're aware that we, it has we, nothing to do with. Well, I know, but I'm just I, I'm just talking about conservation in, in general. Like you yeah. know, it's like there are things as far as the plastics problem, and yeah, there are things gotcha. that you yeah. you look at. Now, 
you know, of course, the minute I say, you know, you should, you know, kick plastic and, and all that stuff, somebody's going to see a picture of me with a plastic water bottle and that will destroy yes. everything, right? Oh, they, will, like, they will look, they will like finding that picture. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there's one out there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess with conservation, it's just been, for me, it's been something that, that I, I believe in the work that organizations like, you know, Trout Unlimited, um, and that's, I bring them up because that's one that I'm closely tied to. Um, I, I believe in the work that they're doing. And if there's some way that they think that I can help them, I let them sort of lead. I have ideas like the, how to talk about talking about <laughs> climate change. Is is an idea that I had, you know, because we had a conversation about, well, what do you think, you know? And I said, well, I mean, God, we can't even talk about it. Like I read a thread, Chris Wood had mentioned climate change in an article. It's like fourteen paragraphs deep in an art or in an article that has nothing to do with climate change. And I mean, it was a thousand deep on people like ready to. I am. I'm not going to be a member of Trout Unlimited anymore if this is the path you're going down. And the conspiracy. And I'm like, my God, I did. I read the whole article. I don't remember him talking about climate change at all. And that's all it took. It sort of goes back to your pejorative. Because uh, I think, word I'll I have think to look a lot later. of people hear that they hear the word climate change, and they what they they're they're saying to themselves. Where is this headed in a regulatory sense? Right. Yeah. So like, yeah. where is this headed in a, in a governmental sense? Where is this headed in a sense of federal oversight? So they hear the word and, and they, they're, not, they, they're, not a, they're not um untangling all the portions of the conversation. They're thinking about like, where are, how, what are the ways in which this is going to be leveraged to, what are the ways this is going to be leveraged to push the agenda of people who are like predisposed to already dislike certain industries. Like, yeah. like I, that's the, that's what's going on. Yeah. And that's why it's how to, that's why we don't know how to talk about how to talk about it. Yeah. Right? No. And I, I get that. I get it. It's a, it's a fear thing of, yeah. of where it's going to go. Like, but if, if you focus on, well, if it's going to go a direction that maybe has a negative impact on you in some way, but a positive impact on the environment. And then that's a tough, that's a tough uh, thing to have to figure out with yourself, I guess. I mean, I, and I'm not in an industry that, yeah. that any of this affects. And so I certainly come at it from a much easier place. I mean, my, you know, I make videos, <laughs> you know, I don't, you know, I'm sure there are things that uh, in the making of videos, I, I burned uh, the tip of a fly rod in one of my videos and, and Orvis had sent me a brand new like Helios three and I set it in a fire and I burned about a two inch, you know, portion of the tip of that fly rod. And, and I, my God, I had a guy hate me. <laughs> I, I, I was, I mean, For I, air pollution. Oh yeah. Oh God. Uh, you know, and I mean, he went off on me and, and there was an argument on the Orvis, you know, Facebook and he had it posted on his page and he had posted a big long thing on my thing about the fact that I was out burning certain types of resins and oh my God, I can't believe that you're, I mean, this is the equivalent to burning half of the cap that would go on a milk jug and uh, he lost his mind. Um, and then every argument that he had was like, I mean, I get it. When I'm going up to do a river cleanup, I'm going to be burning fuel. 
And I'm like, it couldn't be that when you're going up to drink beer with your friends. It was when you're going up to do a river cleanup. And so it's stuff like that that always gets me like, you know, uh, Chris, you know, Chris from TU had said interesting things when we talked about the fact that it is both sides. Yeah. That's the other thing. I mean, it's like if you are, you know, come at these topics from this holier than thou, you know, if you, you know, if you're an environmentalist, a, a conservationist, you know, and you come at it, you know, like at people that don't believe what you believe in a certain way, you're um, doing a big disservice to what you believe in. Uh, I was at my brother's and he was, uh, I had my kids there and there's a bunch of other people there. And when he gets, I can't remember what his threshold is, but at some threshold of dinner guests, he runs uh, paper plates. Cause he's just like, he's like, at a point, I'm not gonna wash all these damn dishes. So right. if it's seven paper, but he didn't have paper, he had styrofoam plates. And oh, I overheard many people <laughs> take, like, basically try to take him to task. Yeah. For the styrofoam plates. Yeah. No. And he would be like, how did you get here? <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. was the mode of transportation you used to get here? Because yeah. this plate wouldn't get you to the end of my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, it's funny, but then it brings up this other problem that people have when they're talking about stuff is like the what aboutism. Like, like what about it? Like, I could say, um, I might say, whatever, let's say you're having an argument with your spouse, right? Yeah. And you're like, one, one of the members of the marriage says, oh, uh, they come home, it's a weeknight, and they say, why are the, why are the kids watching TV? Like, we're, they're not allowed to watch tv during the week and you go uh well what about when right <laughs> so you're no longer talking about the thing right it's a it's a, it's yeah. a conversation about purity yeah yeah we're yeah who's the better person yeah. it's not like you've lost way track of what the goal is of not having them not watch anything and so right. what a bit what about isms they're frustrating because they're so true yeah how did you get here you didn't need to. You didn't need to burn gas to come eat dinner at my house. Yeah. To tell me that I shouldn't use these plates. Yeah. Why don't you eat at your own house and save on that fossil fuel? Yeah. We're we're not talking about <laughs> the environment at this point. Now we're talking about a gallon of gas and some plates. But it, yeah. But it winds up being like it makes everything like what about isms are yeah. hard because they make everything hard to talk about, but then they also are so stingingly true. <laughs> This guy was super mad because he said, I, I, not only had I burned that, but I'm adding uh, to the, the waste. So this is now going to go to a landfill. He was very upset that you it was it going fixed? to a landfill, the tip. So, which you can't, you know, it's burned, so you can't fix it. And so I told him, I said, as stupid as this sounds, we're actually framing the burned tip. <laughs> and, and we're giving it away at, at one of our shows. I said, and, and beyond that, this was a rod that came from the returns department. <laughs> so this wasn't an actual, they didn't just take it off the shelf and send me a rod to destroy. I mean, they pulled something from the, so I said, you know, this is, ac it's actually not adding to the landfill. It's a recycled rod. Um, it's, yeah. And, and then he said, well. What about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's of little consolation to me. Is what he said. It's of little consolation to me that that is not going to the. I said, well, you're two. What? I said, you're two things where I burned plastic resin and that this is going to a landfill. I just told you one of those isn't even a thing. 
and it's of little consolation. It's half of your problem with me. <laughs> now your whole problem with me has become this thing instead. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I mean, I don't, you know. I mean, this I'll connects- probably end up solving this whole thing. Just so, this video I'm talking about <laughs> will most likely solve this this whole thing. The only thing I'm thinking about while I sit here is, God, I got to do more research. I got to read. I got to do some research because I'm, I all I, you, you play stuff back in your head about the part where I'm like, I don't know shit about it. I'm just trying to make a video, uh, and I think, oh, I should probably know something. So anyway, so I, I would thanks, thanks for now. I've got homework. I'm glad I came, did your show. Yeah, cool. we're gonna do concluders, and then people as part of your concluder, you can do the last concluder. Perfect. As part of your concluder, yeah. Tell people the best way to go uh, find you. Not yeah, you because no one wants to find you. Find Hank, Hank Patterson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me, if I if you put on that reader board that you saw in Peekaboo, Idaho, Travis Schwartz is going to be here. Yeah, nobody else will show up. <laughs> Hank Patterson, you got fifteen people. <laughs> miles what do you got uh this conversation about conservation and and ideas about conservation has me thinking about reasons why we do end up caring and for me it usually ends up seeing something that bugs me or or bums me out i'm like wow i wish that wasn't that way so we just got back from sanibel island where we tried to do some fishing but there weren't any fish to catch Mm -hmm. because you know they all died so just my, my concluder is that I think, I don't think that, I think that when conservation, when we're talking about that, we're not talking about like some high-minded ideal of, of being selfless. We're talking about losing shit that we really, really care about and impacts us on a very personal, selfish level that we don't want to have to deal with. So I'm, I'm thinking about the, the selfishness aspect of conservation. Mm-hmm. That's my concluder. That's it. That's cool. Yeah. You don't got to check with me if it's all right. I'm I'm just letting you know. I'm, I'm oh. putting a point on it. Got you. Yanni? Travis, do you have a day job? I uh, I, I own a small video production company in Boise, Idaho. Making that makes, that makes Hank Patterson videos? That makes Hank Patterson videos <laughs> and and super sweet uh, corporate videos as well. But uh, All right. Yeah. So you guys do a little bit of serious stuff too? Yeah, yeah, mostly, yeah, just sort of corporate video stuff. It it pays. What's that for, mean? Well, I do. Yeah, you know, I like get video for a company like Hewlett Packard or, you know, a training. So a guy would be like, "Man, I like these uh, yeah, computers." It's like, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, how do you use this printer? Well, yeah, you push that button. Uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. I do get called a lot to try to make you know really mundane corporate topics funny. And uh, oh, you do? So I do. Oh, yeah. That's so I, I get that that phone call from time to time. Uh, because I tell people, I said, if you want to make less money than a fishing guide, make videos <laughs> about being a fishing guide. And, uh, that pays uh even people worse. are like, oh man, this Hank Patterson, are you just killing it? Uh, no, I am, <laughs> I am not just But people killing will still it. want to hire you as a fishing guide. Yeah. I picked like the smallest <laughs> angling, <laughs> Uh, sect to decide to make fun of, and I, but seriously, I think that uh, Henry Patterson is going to be really into golf, and so and that's how I'll retire. Is switching over to golf soon? Bigger audience. Yeah. Do you remember the Tim? More, what was more, that dude? That comedian Tim of. Conway. Is that his name? Yeah, he recently passed away. Tim yeah. Conway. Yeah, you know he used to do that. That Dorf on this. Dorf on golf. Hank on golf. Yeah. Yeah. That thing where he put shoes on his knees. Yeah. It was very sensitive. Um. He's funny, dude. That Tim Conway. Yeah, we used to get quite a chuckle out of that. Yeah. But I don't know if you watch it now, I don't know if it holds up. 
like Blazing Saddles. Wow. Oof. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Are we surprised that's on Netflix? It's like, hmm, you might want to pull that down. Uh, I'm not sure it's holding up. <laughs> uh, how long have you been fly fishing? Uh, I've been fly fishing probably 25 years how at least. Are you? Something like that. I'm 49 years old. What were you doing the other years? Uh, I don't know. You know, just drinking and you know stuff i that should have sent me to jail but somehow i i avoided it were you an outdoorsman uh i was uh i do a lot of comedy and uh i toured theater i was a shakespeare actor for seven years <laughs> oh you know i wanted to <laughs> ask you about that exactly. uh, i heard don't that. realize that I yeah that. yeah i spent a lot of time in theater and and uh we did miles and me talked about that about why you know i i think some funny fishing videos work and some don't and i said i think that I come at it as a comedian and and not a, a fly fisherman. I mean, so you're an actor. Just, so if yeah. I say um, doth yeah. doth doth protest, you can say doth. You, or doth. you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Now, the bard. Doth. If I say the bard, you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who? Uh, I mean, how good was I as a Shakespearean actor? Yeah. Do do a line. I'm Hank Patterson now. Do a line. <laughs> <laughs> Hank Patterson, the king doth keep his hey. rebels here tonight. Take heed the queen coming out within his side for Oberon is passing fell in wrath. That, that's a that's, some that's stuff great, from man. Puck. That, that moved Midsummer me. Night's Dream. That moved me. Yeah, Hit me in another was, good Shakespeare I was, line. Uh, I was not a great Shakespearean actor. I was probably okay at it. Who? What kind of guys did you play? The kings? No, no, no. I was like, uh, I was young, so I was I was playing, uh, you know, smaller roles. I did have a role in a play called Spring Awakening one time, and and I was uh, I I was featured in uh, American Theater Magazine, so that was my big claim to fame as a theater actor. Which is, oh yeah, you know, we that's, all that's, we all read that magazine. American Theater is like <laughs> that's that's big in theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You thought fly fishing was small. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. American Theater Magazine. That's yeah. I'll tell you what. You you tour enough children's theater, and you you decide not to do theater real fast. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it was. uh, Yeah, I did a lot of tours. I'm out. I'm out, baby. What else you got, Yanni? You doing good? Yeah, that's all I got. These are generous concluding thoughts because a lot of times people take a concluding thought and they want to turn the spotlight inward. But Yanni lets it shine out. Follow up questions. He lets it shine. His his concluders are a spotlight that shines out upon the world. That's nice. just how Yanni is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. What do you got, Sam? Well, Sam's now, like, now, I've been having a lot of trouble with my yeah, personal well, life. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, make it all about you. Well, I'll start it out by making it about me. Um, I, I, I hope my attempt to play the devil's advocate about about methods of fly fishing uh, didn't come across as purist of in, or in any way. Oh, everybody uh, will be I, mad at you no matter what. <laughs> but I just want to, I just want to say get out fishing. Doesn't matter how you do it as long as it's legal, as long as you're having fun and don't listen to anybody who says anything different. And I think that's the, the great value of, of Hank and Travis here is that he, I think did more than anyone ever has to encourage people to just not take it so damn seriously and go have a good time, make fun of yourself, make fun of your friends and, and enjoy the experience and just get out there. I'm, I'm going to hijack this because I, I, there's one other thing I yeah, want to ask. I think I, want, I did a good job. Too. I want to hear a story about, <laughs> about you being mistaken for Hank. About me being mistaken well, for Hank? Right, because we, we, we recognize that it's a character, but right. I'm sure that people come up to you all the time oh, expecting and, 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 and to expect talk to that Hank. Hank is an actual, is not a character. Right. Er, early, I mean, I don't get it as much 
but I, I certainly like people when people started realizing that I am not Hank Patterson, that it's a character that I play in some videos. Some people were very disappointed, you know, to, to, to learn that because Travis is certainly nowhere near as entertaining uh, as as Hank Patterson. So I, I've had that experience quite a bit, actually, where people are like, wait, what? And it really blows their mind, which I think is, I mean, is it new to you that people play characters in videos? <laughs> it shouldn't be that big of a, a, a thing. But yeah, um, but it's a, it's a compliment, really, because, I mean, it's like if you really believed this was an actual, you know, person, uh, that, I guess that's a compliment you to played my it well. am- amazing acting ability <laughs> shakespearean background coming through you really yeah. nailed it yeah yeah it's very shakespearean i'd it's, like to make one plug i watched yeah. i was doing some research for this podcast i was watching youtube videos and i watched the one about uh how to make a fly fishing video oh and yeah coming from production myself being a producer i think you really hit the nail on the head yeah on, on that one that one had me in stitches it's hank, hank patterson on making Yes. Yeah, it's like all the things that you need to have in your fly fishing <laughs> video to make it an award winning. And it pretty and it just hits the nail on the head. Oh, it's you like slow motion, it. shot and of boots coming motion. through the water, a shot of somebody tying a fly. Have on, you seen it? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Shot, you know, and it's but I was worried because that also played at the film tour and I was worried that the filmmakers would be pissed at me. <laughs> <laughs> they needed to hear like, it. Hey, giving away man, our secret all sauce. those shots are in my video. I'm like, uh, they're in every video we're going to watch tonight. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was a... But what else are you going to show? It's fishing. <laughs> Here's my concluder. Yeah. It's the thing I've, I wanted to talk about earlier, but I like to talk about stuff that people write in about and we were having a conversation about um, sort of the etiquette on when you tell someone... Your spot. Mm. You know, we talked about it earlier, right? With a guy. Yeah. This guy wrote in that he says, he, he writes in arguing that you should never, he, he's talking about like, like people are saying that when you're going out in the woods, you should tell someone where you are. So if there's an emergency and people will be like, most commonly, obviously, if you're married, you would tell one spouse, just let her know I'm, I'm at such and such trailhead or my tree stand out at Bob's farm, whatever, just so there's a problem. He says you should never tell your wife where you are because if you go through a, quote, brutal divorce, mm. she will then know all of your hunting spots and mm-hmm. tell them to her next man. Oh, yeah. Oof. This is a thing that he found. That's dark. You know? Well, he's been through this. So just a little oh. hot tip. It's that, a hot oh, tip. That, that happened. Wait, his that gal, happened to him? That his ex he gave would, up no, his spot. He would never. He says the one thing you did right was never tell her oh. where he was going. So I now, wish this would have happened in to divorce. Him. In divorce, he doesn't need to worry about her betraying his hunting and fishing spots. He signs off with always be careful who you share your spots with. Wow. <laughs> Man. I, unwarranted, unwarranted. <laughs> you can't I, I trust your wife and thinking about you trust, it too man. much. I, if I wasn't looking to wrap her up, I'd tell you guys a story that'd curl your hair. That has a lot to do with what that guy's saying. Not the marriage part, but yeah, well, let's save it for next time. Relationship part. Okay, you let you. You, uh, 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 you know what? Can I make a request? Yeah. Can Hank Patterson give a closing thought, a concluder? Sure. Yeah. Is he? Does he think fast, or does he only think real slow when he's planning things out? No, 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 no. I mean, Hank Patterson would say, <laughs> "What? What an absolute honor uh, for all of you guys to have me here." Um, 
And uh, I, I'd imagine, you know, if you've got somebody like, I don't know, employed around here that like watches the numbers, that this will probably be uh, your biggest episode ever. And so you're welcome uh, for me being here. Um, my podcast, uh, Hank Patterson's <laughs> Outdoor Misadventures, uh, a much larger show, bigger audience. And uh, we don't put half the amount of effort and work into it that you guys do. And yet somehow, somehow we're that much better. Um, so, and I would, I would invite any of you to come and be on Hank Patterson's Outdoor Misadventures podcast, uh, if I thought that, that you could keep up. But, uh, you know, if you keep at this, if you keep plugging away at, uh, the treat eater thing or whatever you guys are doing here, uh, keep plugging away. And in a couple of years, uh, when you've got the sort of chops that I have, I'd love to have you guys come and maybe like intern for me or something like that. <laughs> That'd be fantastic. Uh, Travis would say that I appreciate, uh, <laughs> being here and, uh, my concluder, my, my takeaway is that I think it's super cool that you guys, uh, talk to me for so long about real recovery and, and the work that we do. Uh, and I think, uh, I, I will walk away from this realizing that every time I get in a conversation about, uh, conservation, I realize that I'm copping out a little bit by not doing a little bit more research and not educating myself better, and, and I get myself in the weeds. And so uh, I actually will do a little bit more of that. Um, not until after I make my video about how to have a conversation about it, <laughs> because I want to go into that freshly knowing absolutely nothing at all. Uh, but no, uh, uh, thanks for having me. People can find me at hankpatterson.com. Or you can find my new podcast, which is an absolute hot mess, uh, Hank Patterson's Outdoor Misadventures. Or- And some people like it and some, they can some people go, won't. They can drive from Ketchum to Bozeman. Yeah. Watching out the left-hand window. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll, you'll, see you'll eventually see him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be around. Hitching a ride. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks. One of the reasons I like all you listeners is that when we really lean on you and call for you to do something, you do it. Um, everybody got behind our cookbook so hardcore that it came out of the gate as a bestseller on all kinds of bestseller lists. It's done phenomenally well. Well, I'm here to lean on you again because I would love for you guys to see our new documentary film, Stars in the Sky. Uh, we've been talking about it on and off. For a long time now, it comes up in this podcast. People are always like, hey, man, what happened to the documentary? Well, it's here now. There's a lot of people in the film that you'd know from the podcast. Joe Rogan, Robert Abernathy, Doug Duran, Buck Bowden, and on and on. It is Stars in the Sky, and you will find it at starsintheskyfilm.com, available for purchase, streaming, or download. Again, starsinthesskyfilm.com. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules 
from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.